Planet Fantasy is brought to you by all of you beautiful, lovely people. And once again, we wanted just to remind y'all that we are running an episode raffle. That's right. If you leave a review or rating on any streaming platform and let us know, we're going to enter you into a raffle. And whoever is drawn is going to be able to curate their very own episode for episode 101. Yes, that's right. You're the host. You're picking the draft or the Hunger Games or anything that you want to do. We're going to have to do it. Um, And also, so just be sure to make sure to take a screenshot of those ratings for anything on Spotify or the reviews. And just make sure we get it. Uh, Hit us on planet.fantasypod at gmail.com. You can send us any of those on our socials or even our personal socials. Um, so yeah, we just want to see all those and, and get them in. We are going to be doing the drawing on next week's episode. So get those in real quick. Hope to see them. Time for another winner's corner. Yes. Hey guys. And we're just letting you know about the last two results of the previous episodes. Yes. We're talking about episode 92, 90 songs draft. It was myself, Kyle and Thad. The results are as follows. We have a tie for second place with 23 votes. Myself and Kyle give it up for us. But unfortunately, we both lost out to Thad with a whopping 56 votes. I don't know what he was paying everybody off, but uh, I don't like it, Thad. But congrats. And then for episode 93, our 2000 songs draft, it was a whopper. And in last place... With six votes. Unfortunately, Kyle rounds it out at last. In fourth, we have Amber with seven votes. Third, we have Michael with nine votes. Anna in second with 13. And with another W, that's me, Damon. 29 votes for the W. Thank you. Uh, I just want to say thank you, everyone. Thank God. Thank my mama. Uh... And I hope to get more W's. Thank you. There was an idea, Damon knows this, called the Planet Fantasy Initiative. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable podcasters, see if they could become something more, see if they could work together when we needed them, to make the podcast we never could. This group, Planet Fantasy, their mission, the Effies. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, Phase 1. Welcome to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast. And I'm your host, Damon. And unfortunately, Kyle can't be right here right now. He's currently in a cave working on building with a, building a suit with a box of scraps. So he unfortunately just, you know, he's busy. But we have our amazing producer, Anna H. The H stands for host today. How's it going? It's great, but now I sort of feel like... You kind of referred me to Obadiah, and I don't know how I feel about that. Because <laughs> I'm taking over Snark Industries, aka the pod. 
it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Um, have you watched anything fun or uh, recently? Oh man, yeah. How much time you got? I know that you you're watching the new. Um, I think you said it was Diabolical, the boys yes. animated show. What do you think about that? Wild. Just like I was saying before the pod, it's it's like your own drugs the entire time while being fed just torture porn. It's 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 a lot, but also very heartfelt and warming. It's like it's a weird balance they're striking. Uh, I I like it. So nice. I uh, just finished Vikings Valhalla, which is honestly better than I thought it was going to be. Definitely check it out. It's got a slow burn, but it ends on a good cliffhanger. Up to the level of the original Viking series. Yeah. So I am mid season four on the original, but I definitely think it's neck and neck with that. Obviously, I haven't gotten to uh, the boneless section yet. Um, But yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. It was great. Highly recommend. All right. Also, we wanted to say hello to our friend of the pod, Micah. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Um, uh, you know, I've been uh, just chilling over here, waiting for the next time I got the bat signal or whatever the Marvel equivalent of the bat signal was to uh, hop back on a Planet Fantasy pod. And I got the call and I've arrived. We sent you the uh, Captain Marvel beeper. You know, the we, Captain we Marvel beeper. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know if it's compatible with my iPhone, so, you know, I might have lost the signal along the way. But I'm ready either way. I have arrived, and I'm here. Um, Have you been watching anything fun or binging anything fun lately? Well, my wife and I are very slow bingers because we have a two-year-old who he really slows down the binge watching. Um, But we have been watching The Legend of Korra. We watched Avatar for the first time about a year ago, and we're making our way through Korra right now. Um, I'm not sure if this is blasphemous to say. I honestly might be enjoying it even more than Avatar. And I loved Avatar. The main thing I really love about Korra is like right off the bat, it just kind of hit the ground awesomely. Like first two episodes. I was already great and up and running. I feel like Avatar kind of took about the first half of season one to like establish the more mature thematic tone that it ended up going with for the rest of the show. And I loved Avatar, but core has been great. We just finished season two, which I know tends to be people's like least favorite is what I've seen from most people. And everyone's like, Oh, three and four is the best, but I love one and two. I love season one. I thought season two was even better. (laughs) So uh, it's all going great. We just watched the first episode of season three yesterday. So that's what we've been going through. And then the other thing not really binge watch. Is this pod open for binge reading? Oh, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Well, I, 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 for a long time, wanted to read Neil Gaiman's Sandman comics. Um, I'm not really a big comics reader in general, as I'm about to enter onto a pod that's all about a comic book related thing. But that's fine. Um, I enjoy them. I just don't really read as, as much as a lot of people do. Um, and I was kind of daunted by it. I just knew how many books were in it and how long it was. But I dove in like the end of 2021, probably started in November of that, and then finished up all of the Sandman series probably about three weeks ago, and it was just awesome. Have either of you guys read them? I have not. Anna, have you read them? I haven't, but I'm definitely adding it onto my list after that sell. Holy crap. <laughs> well, and you know, there's a, so there's a couple ways, there's that, and then there's an audible adaptation of them that's supposed to be amazing that has like James McAvoy and a bunch of other really awesome actors. And then Netflix is coming out with the Sandman show, which they just released some of the posters today, like of Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer. 
they don't have a release date yet, but I would guess summer. So there's time. It's really, really fantastic. Hell yeah. I am very interested. Uh, I love Gaiman, so he's had some really great adaptations lately, so I'm ready to dive into that. Um, Okay, enough of the pleasantries. We are here to get out some awards. We are doing the MCU Phase 1 Effies. We just figured the MCU being such a big, daunting property, we couldn't just give out awards all willy-nilly to to everything. We wanted to break it down and really flesh it out and give some awards to some of these movies that uh maybe you know get lost in the in the shuffle, maybe are uh, really underrated, you know, th- we want to give them all their shine. So, with that being said, let's start with our opening remarks on just our feelings on the MCU Phase 1, which includes the first 6 movies from Iron Man all the way to Avengers. Anna how do you feel about phase one? So, like I said, I, before the pod, I literally finished this bench 20 minutes before I hopped on this episode. <laughs> um, and Damon knows this about me. Mike, I don't think you know this. I am not Iron Man's biggest fan. He definitely has the biggest character arc in the MCU. But phase one is actually my least favorite just because it is so Iron Man heavy. And now that I've actually gone through this rewatch, I found a new fondness for Iron Man 2. It's definitely well incredible hulk is definitely my bottom but uh like my second least favorite is iron man 2 but even then just rewatching it it's got a lot of really well written dialogue that i didn't exactly catch the first time i watched it so it definitely added a higher level of appreciation for me in that aspect all right micah what are your, what are some of your thoughts on the first phase um so i've i've got i've got several one is, so my blanket statement off the bat is I really enjoy all the MCU movies. So um, I really don't think there's any quote unquote bad ones, except for, as I mentioned, I'm not really a big fan of Thor The Dark World, which um, luckily is not in this phase. So we don't have to talk about it. But something that's interesting to think about now, Marvel, the MCU is so well established that its dominance seems much like Thanos inevitable, right? When a new Marvel movie comes out, you're just like, oh, $800 million dollars. It's just going to keep the Marvel machine rolling. Even ones that aren't that well-received, like Eternals, it doesn't really slow it down at all. But it's funny thinking about how, like, that was not a guarantee at all. If you think about the first three movies, Iron Man was a huge success and was hugely popular. Then the next two afterwards were Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2. And if you think about it, I would say people's mileage may vary, but those two tend to be two of people's bottom three or four. I would say those two lumped in maybe with Thor The Dark World and maybe Eternals tends to be towards the bottom of a lot of lists now. But both of those are almost certainly in the aggregate bottom five. And so you'd think it could have just like failed spectacularly early on and just fizzled out and not kind of like, I don't want to say kind of like DCs did, but just not really gotten off the ground in a really cohesive way. So it's kind of amazing that it, even with a somewhat rocky start relative to what it is now, it just kind of kept going and then the promise of the Avengers kind of had everyone really exciting, really excited. And then as we'll get to, and we're talking about kind of the awards, sure we'll talk about the Avengers a lot. And I think that's just such a pivotal movie. And once that hit, it was like, Oh, they were able to bring them all together. And then it just kind of kept going. It's also crazy to think how recently this was 2008 is when it started. It's only 14 years ago. And it's like, 
some franchises like James Bond has been going on for like 50 plus years and it takes him so long to like it'll be like three or four years between a movie and the MCU in 14 years has done like 25 movies and now like six shows and it's just insane thinking how fast and efficient it is phase one started it off so i'm excited to talk about it yes and like it's so many movies within that short period of time but also as far as phase one goes it's the longest period of time between movies i mean you really only had like one a year maybe you know i think uh, incredible hulk and iron man was in the same year and then you had it spaced out between the others like one every year before they really started diving into like two and then started, you know, revving up to three. It's just they they just didn't know what they were, how well everything was going to be uh, received. But the fact, the feelings of those first few stingers were so amazing. Like, because we didn't know what was happening, really. We were just like, oh, yeah, well, we're getting movies. And then you start seeing like, oh, Nick Fury, what's going on? Like, the whispers of the Avengers was starting to happen and the momentum that those first movies that really gave you with, with them building the initiative. And then finally the Avengers happening was, I don't know, as a fan, it was very, very exciting. And I'm, I'm glad I was able to like experience that firsthand. I was just, I was in college when it was all going down and uh, I, I went and saw every single one in theaters and I'm so happy I did. Cause I think I'm going to try and see pretty much every single MCU movie I can in theaters they're they're such a fun experience and i'm, I'm just ready to talk uh, more about them y'all ready to do this let's do it all right let's hit that first award and here are the nominees for the galaga award all right the wallflower award the galaga award for for this one we're just talking about the the performance the person that is not there enough the the person that we want to see more of and in the time that we see them they just kill it um so first we're gonna start off with micah who's your nominee for this one? Oh wow i was so nervous you were gonna start with me i have a bunch of possible nominees that i'm debating between uh one i'm definitely not going to nominate because i have a strong hunch that anna might uh might hop in with the nom- this nominee but maybe i'm mistaken and I, that would be a catastrophe if if this person went unnominated um what i'm really debating about is i have someone i really like it's just a question in my mind of if they play too big of a role. So I'm going to toss out a nominee. And if you're like, this is, they're too central of a character. They, they play too big of a role. Let me know. And, uh, and I'll recalculate. All right. Okay. Is, that, is that build up big enough? All right. Um, and the nominee I was going to go with is Darcy from Thor. Is that too big of a nominee? Does she Not have too big of a role? Okay. That's great. I was actually about to say something until force it, like until literally I said Darcy, and then I was like, no, I'll go with Darcy. So Darcy Lewis, played by Kat Dennings. I'm gonna make an interesting analogy for her. Oh, am I just tossing out the nominee, or should I explain it right now a bit? Okay, go ahead and tell us why. Right, I'll give you. I'll give you a little bit of the reasoning. Um, I'm gonna make an analogy that makes no sense, but hopefully you can track it. I feel like she's had somewhat of a trajectory similar to Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker performance in the prequels. Here's what I mean by that. I feel like when the I, <laughs> Damon looks perplexed, allow me to explain. Not in terms of her villainy, which is non-existent. She's great. I feel like maybe it's just the circles I I run in or the internet circles I 
I partake in. I feel like when Thor came out back in 2011, a lot of people were like, oh, this character is annoying. It's like too much comic relief, maybe too over the top, something like that. And then over time, I feel like people have grown to really appreciate the performance and enjoy it a lot more, much like Hayden Christensen, much derided in the Star Wars prequels. Now people are like, oh, Hayden Christensen's coming back for the Obi-Wan series. That's awesome. And when Darcy showed up in WandaVision last year, people were like, hell yeah, she's returned. And it was like, I was like, oh, I feel like people didn't used to like her, but now they're all about her. And this is great because I liked her from the beginning. And um, she's a hilarious character. And I like how we brought her back in WandaVision and gave her kind of a more central, prominent role. But this isn't about WandaVision, just in her part in Thor. And Thor is kind of an up and down, uneven movie, the first Thor in, in my regard. But I feel like she kind of matches well with the tone that the future Thor movies like Ragnarok ended up settling in on. Kind of like this quippier, really funny tone. So Darcy is my vote for Wallflower Award. First nominee off the bat. It's Mew Mew. Anna. Who's your nom? So I am going to go with, well, first of all, I have to say Darcy was a fantastic nominee. She was on my short list, so I'm happy that she was nominated. But I am going to go with, obviously, the Tooch, Abraham Erskine. <laughs> um, even though he was in Captain America for a very short time, I really wish he was in the movie more because no matter what role that the Tooch is in, he absolutely nails it. I want him in every single movie. And I really wish like he had a different role in the MCU just so we could have enhanced his performance a little bit more and really got to know him as a character and as an actor. But yeah, I mean, he crushed it as Dr. Erskine and he was obviously the perfect choice for that role, which sounds a little counterproductive, but I'm just very selfish and I want to see more of Stanley Tucci at any given moment of my life. So uh, yeah, got to go with the Tooch. The Tooch. That's the one you were thinking of, right, Micah? I felt uh, a strong hunch based on uh, previous text exchanges that uh, the Tooch might be might be on Anna's shortlist here. And I think it's a great nominee because if she hadn't nominated him, I probably would have tossed him in myself. So Fantastic. I actually want to say who else was on my shortlist after Damon does his. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of options for this one, especially when you think like you can. I, we kind of go a little ambiguous with this award because. It's either someone who you feel like didn't get enough shine or who just wasn't there a lot, but just was the brightest thing on screen. Um, like, I have to go with, it's one of two, and the one I'm going with is just one of my favorite characters in the MCU. Even though later on, we don't actually know if his like life is a part of the MCU anymore. Um, poor, poor agents of Shield. I'm talking about my boy, Agent Phil, son of Cole Coulson. He's in everything. He's in every movie except for Incredible Hulk, I believe. Um, he's just pulling great duty. Like as soon as you see him in like Iron Man, he's kind of like this annoying Thorn and and uh, Tony's side, and you like you start hearing about Shield, and it starts you know giving you the setup for for what we're gonna get forward. But it's just Phil's just this really cool guy you don't really know anything about him but he just it's fun and then as we learn more and more he starts we just want to know more about phil and then we get to the avengers and we get more you know we learn about the cellist 
and he's just a huge fan of our our guy Steve. He has cards and everything. And I just felt like if we had gotten to know him even more within these movies, like instead of just being the guy trying to get everyone, you know, just trying to do his job, like maybe if we got a little bit more character building in those stories, the whole turn, the whole death in Avengers would have hit even more instead of Fury actually having to play it up, you know, put the cards in the jacket, even though it was in the locker. And of course, we see how amazing Coulson can be in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm a huge fan of that show. I, I love the actor, Clark, uh, Clark Craig. Just, I need more. I need more Coulson. So that's my nominee. And we have three. There could be a lot more. Anna, give us your uh, your short list real quick of who did so, not get nominated. Son of Cole was actually my second choice. But I was like, eh, he's kind of in almost every single movie. So I didn't really want to pick him. And obviously my favorite character in the MCU, Happy, is my favorite with John Favreau. I want him. Like Stanley Tucci in every single movie. He's just such great comic relief. When you see him introduced to Natasha and he's trying to teach her how to box and then she kicks his butt, that's hilarious. You know, he adds to the movie instead of detracting from it, which I think is really important. Was that your shortlist? That was my shortlist. I only had three. Oh, I had a lot more than that. Um, I was thinking Peggy Carter. Almost that was my other second one. That was mine as well. I wasn't sure if if it was too big of a role. The reason I was going to put Peggy is romance is not something the MCU really excels at. But the the Captain America Peggy one's really the only one. I mean, there's good one. You know, there's Iron Man, Tony, and Pepper. But the I feel like the Steve Peggy one is really kind of like the emotional crux one of all of that. Plus, she's just a fantastic character in her own right. So I was also, before I said Darcy, I was about to say Peggy, but Darcy is what came out of my mouth. And I'm happy with that nomination too. But but yeah, Peggy was on my short list. And then I also had, um, there's one who I thought, and I had a strong feeling you were going to go with uh, A Touch of the Tooch, which you did. But Damon, I thought you might go with Ho Yinsen from Iron he's, Man, who he, just such a pivotal character in terms of kind of without him, Tony just dies in a cave <laughs> and then there is no MCU. And so he's kind of like the Iron Iron Man's version of Abraham Erskine. Um, so I, I had that one. And then I had one on here for a teeny, the, the smallest role, but someone who I thought could still qualify is I had to actually look up her character's name because I didn't know it. But in Natalie Dormer in, in Captain America as apparently as Private Lorraine, mainly because, um, you know, it's very hard to pull Captain America away from Peggy Carter, but if anyone could do it, even just for a moment, I mean, come on, it's Natalie Dormer. That's that's true. I also had Odin, the guy, the legend, and Hawkeye, especially in phase one, you know, and Thor is just like an afterthought, and then in Avengers, the whole brainwash on the bad guy side for most of the movie. Then we finally get to see him redeem himself, but... You know, we could have gotten more, I think. But, Anna? So I have two things I need to say about Hawkeye. One, still feel robbed we did not get Jensen Ackles. I I will never forgive Jeremy Renner for that, but I know it's not his fault. And two, still a little bitter. We didn't really get to see Natasha and Clint and how their relationship evolved. I really feel like that's what Black Widow 1 should have been about. And then Black Widow 2 should have been what? the current Black Widow movie really is. 
exploring Nat's background and her family. Let's but be back real. onto the awards. They they <laughs> definitely they should have jumped on the Black Widow movie much much sooner. Um, but we don't have a dunk award for this this one. We don't. Unfortunately, that's that's <laughs> we're gonna keep dunking randomly. But so we have three nominees: Darcy Lewis, Dr. Erskine, and Agent Coulson. Micah, who's got your vote? Uh, this one's easy for me, and it's not the one I nominated. I gotta go with Dr. Erskine um, because I feel like he really gets at the heart of what Captain America's character is all about. Not to jump ahead too far to to best quotes, but he has some tremendous quotes in his limited screen time. His death is really powerful and kind of the impetus for getting Captain America moving forward. And just an incredible character. I mean, it's to me what the Wallflower Award is all about, which is someone comes on screen, owns the screen for 10, 15 minutes, pieces out of there, and he's who you remember after watching the movie. So Erskine gets my vote. Tucci. The Tooch. Anna, does the Tooch get your vote as well? Yes, and I'll, I'll tell you the reason why. And it's not just because it's Stanley Tucci, but it's this one particular line when um, he's speaking to Steve and he goes, whatever happens tomorrow, you must promise me one good thing, that you will stay who you are. Not a perfect soldier, but a good man. And that's that's it. That's all I need to sell this for the award. Even if it was just a, a split type, I really feel that Stanley Tucci delivered that line. And even though he was on it for less than half of the movie, he really embodied what Steve was within 30 seconds in that one deliverable. And that's it. Erskine also gets my vote, the clean sweep. Um, the Tooch. The Tooch. Not only does he really encapsulate about what Steve is, but he really tells us who he is in a very, very short amount of time. Like we, we really get a sense of who he is. He's a, he's a guy who really just wants to try to make right and do what he can to do better for him and his family. Uh, you know, we get the history of all that, where he's from his, you know, his, his history with, with good old Mr. Red Skull. Um, and then it's just, he's so magnetic on screen He's, he always has that like that little that little tilt of his his mouth. It almost looks like he's almost always slightly smiling, um, in every character almost. And I, I I love Erskine. It's just every every scene we have with him and Steve, I think, is very pivotal for for who Steve becomes as Captain America. So that's got to have my vote. And the winner is Stanley Tucci as Doctor Abraham Erskine. And now the nominees for the I Could Do This All Day Award. All right. Our next award is the I Can Do This All Day Award, also known as Best Fight. So, Damon, what's your nominee? Sweet. I go first, so I get to get the the gimme pick. I'm going the New York Invasion. Just, just like... It's it's pretty much one fight. It's like a one scene that lasts like forty min, like thirty five minutes. It's ridiculous, but also it's jam packed of so much good stuff. Okay, you get it all kind of starting off with with uh, Tony and and Loki and their talk and everything, and then you just get the fight going down. You get all the Chitari coming in. You get a uh, hot guy throwing all the amazing uh, arrows. Nat and Steve are doing their thing on the ground. 
we we get the whole uh hulk the hulk uh you know the amazing scene where he hits the big old space well uh, you know i'm always angry uh the line there's so much happening like i can't list everything you know loki does his thing when he catches the arrow hawkeye shoots and it blows up in his face um it's just it's a massive invasion attack sequence and it's just done so well i have so much fun every time i watch it and you you feel the scope of it and how much is at stake and the scene where they all get together and they you know they're fighting and it just foot pans around them is iconic so that had to be mine um so if you could pick one part of the fight what would be your favorite part like a specific, just like a moment, it's yep. gotta be. It's gotta be where the cops are trying to get everyone out, and Steve hops up on the cars like, "Hey, okay, you gotta take these people down here. You gotta, you know, you gotta fan out." And the cops like, "Why would we listen to you?" And then the 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 Chitari come up. He just like beats the hell out of them, cuts one's arm off, and just destroys them. He looks back, and the cops like, "Okay, I need to do this and this and this." Just exactly what he told him to do. It's perfect i i love that scene that would be probably my favorite part of it so that's my mom what's Uh, yours micah before we get into your nominee i do have a question what was your favorite part about that fight so that fight obviously rules um my favorite part comes it's the moment right before damon uh mentioned the that circular tracking shot of uh, that circular shot of them all facing outward together um, the, the part leading into that is that really great, like minute long tracking shot, right? Where you, you follow each of the Avengers, you see Thor and Hulk fighting together. It tracks a Hawkeye arrow. Um, and it has what for my money is like my favorite, um, fighting moment, maybe in any of the Marvel movies. It, it just happens for one second and it's so simple, but it's just when Iron Man blasts, um, off of, off of, uh, Steve's shield. Right, uh, and it's so fantastic that tracking shot, which lasts probably about a minute long, and you can find it on YouTube. You just type if you just type in Avengers tracking shot. I feel like that's honestly maybe like the most important shot in the entire MCU because it's the moment I remember seeing that in theaters, and that's the moment where everyone's like, "Holy shit! Yes, this is happening! Everyone's fighting together." It's like the whole movie's really good, but you're waiting for that for them to fight and the synergy of them coming together. And then not being separate superheroes, but them really like fighting as a team. And it's really just kind of beautifully orchestrated and composed. And um, just a phenomenal shot. It's kind of where you're like, oh, wow, they really did this. They brought them all together and they did it in in such a fluid way where everyone feels interconnected and like they're all an essential part of the team. So I'm always a sucker for any um, type of creative fight sequence with two or more characters where they use their powers in tandem. And I would say my favorite combo is a Tony blast off of uh, Steve's shield. <laughs> that, that to me is just always a big, a big cheer. So that's definitely my favorite part of that sequence. Anna, what's yours? In a twist that shocked and surprised absolutely no one, clinch up Legolas. It's my favorite part. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, but every time I hear that part, I just laugh out loud so hard. It, it's it's terrible. But I think my actual favorite action sequence of the fight scene is when Nat rebounds off of Shield 
Steve's shield and she goes, I could use a boost. I just think that's really cool. So many fun parts. I love that scene. So Anna, what is your nominee for this one? Uh, so I didn't want to go with the obvious choice. So I am actually going to also go with an Avengers movie fight scene, but I'm going to do Tony versus Thor versus Cap. Because it was very rock, paper, scissors. Right? (laughs) Um, I mean, obviously the thing that stands out the most in that fight sequence is when Thor comes down on Captain America's shield and the the forest gets decimated, right? But you have um, Tony come down when Thor is trying to reason with Loki and he just tackles him into the forest and then the two of them start going at it. Um, Thor uses his lightning and he tries to fight the Iron Man suit, but he actually winds up charging it and creating a larger energy blast. There's so many tiny nuances in that fight, and it was very well choreographed. So honestly, in phase one, that's my favorite fight scene. I mean, it's it's kind of one of the things that we wanted, we were hoping for with the Avengers. Like, yeah, they're going to team up. Oh, I hope they fight too. Like, and we, we get we get a lot of that in the series. I'm so happy that we do. Michael. What's your nom? Um, well, I'm I'm doing some quick uh, scrambling here. Those are my top two, unsurprisingly. Kind of like what you guys said. Um, and Damon, what you just mentioned, which is, you know, it's awesome seeing them all team up to fight a common enemy, but also something everyone wanted to see is the Avengers fight each other, right? Which is obviously a question people always debate. Who wins in a fight between Captain America and Iron Man, between Iron Man and Thor, and then we get to see them fighting and it really is awesome, right? That's kind of where the 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 movie, I feel, kind of really takes off. It's like, oh, we've got them all together. We've got Thor now. And now they're just kind of fighting with each other. So I agree. That fight is great. So I'm going to go with uh, a non-Avengers fight. And I've got, I've got some options here um, because I do think there's some pretty good fight sequences. Honestly, I, I was thinking... I don't think the Incredible Hulk is going to get a lot of love in on this episode. Understandably so, because it's uh, not that great. Um, although I do enjoy it, I think, more than most. But I do think there's some really good fight sequences in it. I actually think that uh, even though it's like just a huge CGI fest, which science Marvel movies get dinged for in the end, just turning into just a bunch of like CGI blobs attacking each other, I think that the... The final Hulk versus Abomination fight is really fun, but I actually enjoy more the Hulk versus Blonsky fight, like outside of college. But I'm not going to go with that one. But anyway, with a simpler one, um, not even as much for the fighting, just kind of like the emotional resonance of it, which is just Tony um, going to Afghanistan to kind of rescue Jensen's village. And it's really the first time that we see the full Iron Man suit in action. And you get to see all the cool things that it can do. Plus, it ends in the classic cool guys don't look at explosions thing where he's just walking away from it and just does not flinch at all as just like a bomb is detonating right behind him. And it again, it's not that it's super amazingly choreographed, but we kind of have those moments already with the two that you guys went with. So I wanted to toss in a smaller one where it's like, oh, here's kind of our, our first hero in our first movie kicking ass in his suit for the first time. I even thought about doing the before that when he's in like the, the prototype Iron Man suit, which just looks like a giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> um, but uh, I really do like just kind of the array of things we when we see the Iron Man suit in action for the first time. So that's what I'm going with, Iron Man in Afghanistan. That's a good pick. I mean, 
really when it first happened, that was one of the like highlights of that movie that people like to talk about, like the the way the music hit. Tony was just like there to he was that kind of really set up of who kind of Tony was. He he's kind of a vengeful person. He you know he really took things kind of personal and and did what he had to do. But it was such a good scene. It really showed us exactly what he could do as Iron Man. I love the Tony versus Thor versus Cap scene. It's so fun. There's a lot of humor mixed in. You know, it's like, doth your mother knoweth you weareth her drapes. Um, and Thor is just like, I need to get my brother back. Like, and they're just fighting. They're just hammering it out. They, they really are pretty even. You know, they do a good job of like each one getting their punches in Thor, you know, lighting him up and he gets like that. What was it? 400% uh, energy increase. It's like, Oh, look at that. Um, and then cap shows up and hits him with the shields. Like, can we, can we stop this? And then he, Thor hits him with the, sh- with the hammer. That's just such a cool scene. How it just like wipes it all out. <sighs> I think I still have to go with the New York invasion, even though it is almost maybe a, a cap out. No. Okay. Um, but it, it just like, it does have so many good scenes and it, it's, it really is kind of the culmination of the entire first phase. And I, it's just, it's telling us, Hey, the Avengers did it. Like they were able to team up and save the world. So that, that's got my vote, but those are all really good ones. Uh, what are you thinking, Micah? What's got your vote? Um, I've got to go the same way. I've got to go, uh, the Avengers fight. Um, my nominee was, uh, tossed out for, for, uh, some enjoyment just to trot out Iron Man solo in Afghanistan for a while. But really, I think the two main competitors are the two that you nominated and, the the trio, the Iron Man, Thor, Captain America fight is fantastic, but really it's just that team up, that whole tracking shot leading to the circular, um, shot of them all standing together as the music swells. And we haven't even, I mean, you mentioned it, but. Like, that's one moment. You've still got Hulk, the Hulk with his great lines, and uh, scaling the building, pummeling Loki to death, or not to death, but, you know, just absolutely obliterating him. Um, There's some great uh, Natasha stuff with Steve on the ground, uh, some great Hawkeye action. So, to me, that is the obvious pick. I do want to do a quick shout-out also. My favorite fighter, I'm curious, just in general, who your guys' favorite just MCU hero is just to watch their fight choreography. For me, it's easy. Hands down, it's Captain America. I love like the hand-to-hand combat stuff. That's always my favorite stuff. And I love a good shield throw. So um, I do want to give a quick shout out to kind of just the montage of him with the Howling Commandos in Captain America, the first Avenger, just like when they're running through the forest and he's just tossing shields left and right. Um, it's also just a, a glorious couple minutes in that movie. But my vote is definitely for the Avengers final battle in New York. I, I love I love Cap and Nat. I love like the close hand to hand combat it has a very kind of mixed martial arts kind of vibe to it. And uh, so, yeah, those are my two favorite fighters to watch, at least in phase one. You know, we go down the list. We'll talk more later. Um, Anna, who's got your vote? Well, obviously, it's the New York scene, right? Just because you really get to analyze and see everybody's different fighting styles and while we initially saw Hawkeye and Thor we just saw him shoot a couple of arrows it wasn't really anything as in-depth and you couldn't really see what his capability was and in Avengers you really got to explore his character a lot more 
which was fantastic. And the same thing with Nat, you know, we only saw her in bits and pieces and now we're really seeing the extent of what she's doing, especially at the beginning when she's like, I'm in the middle of an interrogation right now. And she's like strapped to the chair and the the guys are just looking at her like, we're interrogating you, right? <laughs> um, it's just those little things. Um, but I think in terms of actual fight choreography, it has to be Cap, right? Because like Thor is one of my favorites. I adore him to death, but his fighting style is not that great. Okay, I'm just going to hold out. I'm going to catch a hammer. I'm going to catch a hammer, right? I'm going to throw the hammer, right? Um, I mean, Steve's is really more hand-to-hand combat, and then he throws the shield. And it's actually built into his character when you look at it in the first Avenger, right? When he's in the alley before Bucky comes to save him, he holds up the trash can as a shield. And then when he evolves after he gets the serum, he uses the taxi cab doors, the shield with the red star in the middle. And then he actually gets a legitimate vibranium shield. So, yeah, it's got to be Cap. All right. Cap gets the the honorable W for best <laughs> fighter and for best fight. The New York Invasion wins. Let's move on to the next award. And the winner is the New York Invasion from the Avengers. Next up, the nominees for the Stan the Man Award. The Stan the Man Award. Uh, yes, we had to make this one for these uh, these special effies. Stan Lee Cameo Award. Uh, just one of the best parts of all these movies. I love it every time I see them. They're all great. But we can only nominate one per. So, which ones get it? Micah, what's your nominee? So my favorite Stanley cameo, uh, at least, I don't know if all movies that he's in, but from this general era, is actually not from the MCU. So it's not going to be my nominee, but I have to shout it out. My favorite one is in The Amazing Spider-Man, as the librarian just totally yes. oblivious to uh, Peter and the lizard fighting behind him. It's just genuinely hilarious. I, w- <laughs> I was watching... Uh, to prepare for this award, I was watching this like a great 30-minute YouTube video. This was like all Stanley cameos and um, just like back to back to back. And that one snuck in there and I was just like, oh, yeah, that one's great. But unfortunately, it cannot be nominated. So I'm going to go uh, with his cameo in Captain America, the first Avenger, where uh, he has a hilarious line where he turns to the guy next to him and says, I thought he'd be taller. <laughs> and, you know, I love the Stan lo- the Stan cameos where they uh they give them a little a little bit to do a little line to say and that line just cracks me up so captain america i thought he'd be taller is my stanley cameo such a good one anna what's your nom so i am actually gonna go with the first one from iron man when he's on the red carpet just because i think this one's hilarious he doesn't actually say anything but he's dressed up as hugh hefner and then Tony comes and claps him on the back and he's like, you look great, Hef. And then he turns around and you see like, oh, it's Stan Lee, right? <laughs> I don't know why, but out of all the cameos, that one makes me laugh the absolute hardest. Because <laughs> he's like, the. I don't really think that Stan Lee is the type of person that would actually dress up like Hugh Hefner. So I'm actually curious to see whose idea was that. Was it John Favreau's or was it just, was it Stan's or was it someone completely different? Um, yeah, that one just made me laugh the hardest. So that's my nominee. There, there's a lot of good ones. I'm going to go with the Avengers one. 
where, you know, all the people are getting interviewed about the attack. And he's like, superheroes in New York, give me a break. Just like like Micah said, when he's delivering a great line, it's perfect. And that one's one of my favorites. Um, that has to get my nom. Um, let's get in the votes, though. Micah, let's get in your vote. <sighs> They're all really, really good. Um, I genuinely think the one that makes me laugh the hardest is the one that I nominated, just the way he delivers it. But I think just for overall resonance, Damon, I think I'm going to have to toss my vote to yours because, you know, it's the Avengers. It's coming to fruition. Um, there's obviously kind of the meta joke of, you know, him commenting on on superheroes. And it's almost like a nice little emotional moment for him. It's like, hey, all these superheroes you made, they're, you'd think, you think they're going to be in a big movie? Here they are, right? They've all come here together. So um, the other ones are are really funny. I love the Hugh Hefner one. I was That was my second one I had written down. The third one I had written down was actually the Thor one where he's trying to drive the truck away to pull Mjolnir and he just goes, did it, he goes, did it work? As Mjolnir is just like not there and his car is just like dragging around. So that one's hilarious. But I feel in terms of just like most resonant and actually having some poignancy to it, I got to go with the Avengers one that you nominated. All right, Anna, what's got yours? So the Thor one was actually second on my list. I was hoping somebody else would draft it, um, but that didn't happen. But I, I also have to give it my vote in New York City. I, it's just such a meta niche joke. And even if you don't know who Stan Lee is, you would still find it hilarious. So got to be that one. All right. Stan Lee gets the W no matter what in this one. Uh, pour one out for him again. Let's go to the next award. And the winner is the Grumpy Old New York Man in the Avengers. And now, your nominees for the Hulk Smash Award. So, Micah, let, let us see what you got. What's your best quote? Okay, so this was a tough one. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, I have a, a hobby that I like to do of, of running brackets with random strangers on the internet. Uh, I, I do it from time to time. It takes up in the unnecessarily and some might say stupidly large portion of my free time, but I enjoy doing it. So I'm going to keep doing it because it makes, makes me happy. <laughs> so one that I did a while back uh, was one on quotes from various properties covered by binge mode of, so there were game of Thrones, Harry Potter, star Wars and MCU quotes. And so I opened up my seating that I had for that. Of, and that was an extra big bracket of 128 entrants. So I had 32 from each property. So I had 32 MCU quotes. And interestingly, even though I think most people would agree that phase one is not the strongest part of the MCU, it's great, but it's more like laying the foundation for amazing, move, even like better, more phenomenal movies that come later. Actually, the top three seated quotes I had were all from phase one movies, which kind of surprised me. Um, I'm not going to reveal all of them now because I might step on your guys' nominations and I would not want to do that. But what that told me in looking at that is like, oh, some of these quotes are so foundational to the character and they really kind of just lay the foundation of, of who these characters are going to be moving forward. So I can't really go against myself and the uh, what I had originally seated as the number one quote in the MCU, which I think really is just because it's awesome, it's hilarious, and it always gets replayed a million times and it's always great, which is, um, of course, 
Bruce turning to Steve right before the Battle of New York really kicks off and saying, that's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry. Uh, leading to a phenomenal punch transformation into the Hulk all-in-one. And I've got a feeling if I hadn't said it, one of you would probably nominate it, but I would hate for it to not get nominated. So that is my vote for number one quote in the MCU, or at least in phase one, but maybe in the MCU overall. It's a it's such a good one. What you got, Anna? So I'm torn between two, but they're they're actually very simple. Actually, no, I'm not going to go with the two. I was in between. I'm going to go rogue and pick a, a different one. I'm not afraid to hit an old man from Tony to Steve in Avengers. Um, and it's not only a funny line, it actually sets the tone for Civil War, right? Um, because Tony and Steve, they have the two biggest egos of the Avengers on the board, right? And from the second that they meet each other, they're they're fighting, right? Um, and I think it really defines the relationship between the two of them throughout the MCU. And eventually, when Iron Man um, died, right, we all thought that Steve what? was going to take the Avengers. <laughs> I can see you gearing up for thinking, do I say it? We're only on the phase yeah. one episode. Can I say that Iron Man dies? <laughs> when Iron Man... Um, uh, Take yeah, some, I was like, you know, like when you don't want to tell a child that a goldfish has died when Iron Man right. goes to sleep. <laughs> um, we all thought that Steve was going to take over. Spoilers, um, but then he didn't, and he went a different way. So now the Avengers are sort of in flux. Um, so that's really one of the core relationships in the MCU. It's not Tony and Pepper. It's not Steve and Peggy. It's really Tony and Cap, right? And the animosity that those two had, because if one of them could have swallowed their pride, we would have lost an entire movie. <laughs> yep. so, yeah. Some would say sexual, you know, sexual tension as well. Some people really love those two. Um, fandoms are crazy, guys. Just just saying. Well, my quote is going to be one that's not nearly as funny or, or as fun as that one. But I don't, it, it really, I think, encapsulates one of these movies. And also, going forward, it's a way to explain everything that can and is, does happen in the MCU. Um, it's from my girl Jane Foster. Well, magic's just science we don't understand yet. Um, and of course, it's said in a much more eloquent way. But I, I just like how simple it's laid out here. I'm a fan of Jane Foster. I apparently just found out a lot of people aren't of fun of fans of Natalie Portman's portrayal. Um, I don't see any problem with it personally, but I just, I just like this line because like I said, it really tells us everything that's happening. It, it's what it is, is it's just, it's more than magic. It's more than, than just this astonishing thing. You can't explain. It's just, it's science. It's stuff that, can be it's just so beyond most of our reaches of understanding there's no reason to it, it might as well just be magic to us um so i you know i just really love the layers to that one so that's it's my great quote it makes me think of um as soon as you say it um it makes me think of dumbledore's quote to harry about of course isn't uh, of course it's happening in your own head but 
why should I make it any less real? Um, there's just kind of, uh, I feel like there's a, a kindred spirit in those quotes about there's magic and you may not quite understand it, but it still exists and it's here. And uh, you just kind of have to embrace the unknown of it. So I think that's an awesome choice. Uh, I Now I feel like I'm an idiot. Neither of your guys' quotes were even in my top 32 seating that I have here that I was looking at, which just means that there's a lot of great quotes in the MCU. Um, but uh, I think those are both great nominees for the reasons you guys said. I'm actually shocked that no one drafted I Am Iron Man or I Had a Date. <laughs> those were both on my list. So the number two one I had listed was The Truth Is I Am Iron Man, um, which is awesome. And it really kind of sets the tone for what the MCU kind of will be, which is all other superhero movies before Iron Man, really, people have like secret identities. And the MCU, aside from Peter, is just like not really about secret identities at all. People just know who they are. And just the the note that that movie ends on, it's not the end of that movie. It's like the beginning of, oh, like there's more here. We have to find out immediately what's going to happen next. Even the reporters just immediately burst into action. And it makes you just want the saga to keep going. So the truth is, I am Iron Man rules. That, um, that would have been my my one I would have gone with if I hadn't done the the Hulk quote. And then Steve has so many iconic ones from I Can Do This All Day, obviously. And uh, my favorite Steve one, which would be, I'm going to need a rain check on that dance. We already talked about how his relationship with Peggy is so core to the MCU. And I mean, that's one of the true, like, poignant heart-tugging moments of, of the MCU. Probably the most poignant moment of phase one, especially. And then, you know, it kind of, has a, a cycle and kind of keeps there's there's variations on the theme of that statement throughout the entire mcu it kind of reverberates so any of those i think would also be great nominees but there can only be three see i like that you mentioned those because i try to differentiate best quote and best scene whereas like the quote i try to look at by itself almost out of context sometimes if i can't it's really hard almost impossible to do that but like just by itself, the quote, whereas the scene is, whereas like the quote will become just as important to the scene. I go with that for the best scene. Anna, yes. So I'm guessing um, Give Me a Fat Beat to Beat My Buddy's Ass to was also on your short list, Damon. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> love that scene. And I was meant, I meant to actually mention that in the uh, best fights. Just drunk Tony. Just like, you always ask how I go in my, my suit. Just honestly, honestly, <laughs> a lot of my my quotes were actually from Iron Man Two, which is one of my least favorite movies in the MCU. It um, is like, funny though. It's hilarious. Like you look like two seals fighting over a grave. Who came up with that line? But that's really like that was almost a detriment to Iron Man Two when it came out. I remember because everyone was like Iron Man One was it had some quippiness. But it was definitely like it had some edge to it. You know, Tony was was serious, but also, you know, snarky. This he almost became a little just a little cheesier, a little cornier. And then we we got the whole stuff with him and and our guy Rhodey. But I, I just thought it was all super fun. I, I, I love Iron Man, too. And the, the Erskine quote that Anna mentioned when we did the, the Wallflower Award at the beginning is also one of the best. The one about, um, you know, say who you are, not a perfect soldier, but a good man, which for all the reasons you mentioned kind of encapsulates what Steve's character 
is all about. And it's a great, a great quote. Also want to shout out, um, I don't know if this is a quote or it's really just a monologue, but um, Odin's whole monologue about you've betrayed the express command of your king, right? The whole, uh, you're not worthy, you're not worthy. Uh, the whole thing, my brother and I like to joke about, I mean this in with uh, the most love possible for Anthony Hopkins, but it's like, it's like the most mailed in performance in the best way of all time. It's like he just showed up on set and Kenneth and he Kenneth Branagh was like, we're doing Shakespeare today. And he was like, okay, I'm ready. And uh, you get the feeling that he wasn't sure exactly what was going on. And he's, <laughs> he's just such a good actor that uh, it's like the ultimate, just getting that check performance. And he nails it. I mean that in the, in the best way, but it, his performance just cracks me up and his whole over the top delivery of shouting to Thor that he, is not worthy, and then shouting, I cast you out! Uh, it's more monologue than quote, but it's just every moment of Odin is glorious until he falls asleep. You needed Mackie in the background of that scene screaming, cut the check! <laughs> oh, okay. So, a lot of quotes that we could have gone with. We have three. Let's get in the W. Anna, what's got your vote? Oh, God, I don't know. Yeah, I, I really don't, don't want to give it to Jane Foster. <laughs> we all know my feelings about Natalie Portman's portrayal in sci-fi fantasy films. The people at home do not know your feelings on Natalie uh, Portman. Okay, so I can only guess based on your face that you that you adore her performance in both Marvel and Star Wars films. Is that correct? That's the complete opposite of correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, Natalie Portman is a phenomenal dramatic actress, right? The scene in Thor where she thinks he's dying and she gets very upset, like pure gold, right? And then she sees Thor get his armor and then you just see her deadpan. Oh my God, no, come on, right? Um, But unfortunately I may have to give her my vote. I'm very upset about it, but that's where I'm going. Can I ask you a question, Anna? Um, sure. What are your feelings um, about kind of the Thor Love and Thunder movie clearly going to be centering her and giving her a bigger role? Do you think, no, no, seriously, do you think that it's going to be something that she'll be able to like rise to and be awesome in? Or are you very skeptical? Because people are very excited about this movie, understandably, because Ragnarok rules and, uh, you know, Taika's getting another go at it. So I'm curious if you're not super into her portrayals here. Um, are you excited about that movie, or are you like, ooh, I really wish it was just more uh, more my Thor? I am dead neutral on it. Dead. Right? <laughs> one, I, I loved Ragnarok, right? Um, but in the past, Natalie's performance in the non-real world has been a little subpar. And I don't know if that's just because she is not really a fan of that particular genre so she can't really wrap her head around it or maybe she just hasn't explored that area enough yet honestly she's a phenomenal actress this is not a dunk on natalie portman i, I cannot say that enough she was great in black swan um but just in thor and you know in in star wars prequels i i'm not a huge fan i'm hoping that she will do a really good job in love and thunder but i honestly don't know fair fair I think my vote's going to go with that's my secret captain. I'm always angry. So just delivered so well. He's just walking up, getting ready. Just 
instantly turns into the Hulk and just smashes the space whale. I, I, I love it. What's got your well, vote, Mike? Well, I think this is the first time we don't have a consensus yet. So I actually, that, that's exciting. We actually get a little bit of tension here. And um, I guess I'm going to break the tie. Um, and I think I'm also going to go with that one that I nominated. Um, that's my secret cap. I'm always angry. It's just awesome. It's so memorable. Um, it's also one that has like, it's just really cool in the moment. It's like one of those like, oh yeah, this moment rules. But there is actually also like a lot of depth to it about uh, the Hulk's character, which, you know, aside from the Incredible Hulk, Mark Ruffalo doesn't get like his own movie to really like explore the character in a ton of depth and kind of has to work on the margins in a lot of them. But it really kind of in the quote is awesome. And like the moment kicks ass, but it's also kind of, I don't know if sad's the right word, but it's like, it, it gives you insight into who he is. It's like, this is to be Bruce Banner. It's like, it's every moment is a moment of control. And that anger is just bubbling right under the surface. And at any moment he could become the Hulk. Um, so in addition to just being really awesome to watch, I feel like they're, it's, also fairly profound. You just kind of lose that sometimes because you're like, holy shit, he's punching an alien. <laughs> oh, all right. That gets the W for best quote. Let's move on to the next one. And the winner is... That's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry. Here are the nominees for the Detention Award. The Detention Award. Yes, the post credit Stinger Award. I won't say that they definitely didn't start it, but they definitely made it a thing. The uh, post credit stinger. And it's just, I have to say, I I missed the first few when I saw these in theaters because I had no clue. I, I didn't know that they were going to have these things. And the internet was was definitely not at its uh, fever pitch of, of everything uh, that it, like it is now. So I didn't see the, first, the some of these until much later on so uh, let's see what gets our noms anna what's yours so i'm actually gonna go with shawarma <laughs> in avengers it's just so hilariously awkward obviously you have these superheroes that have saved the city they're all exhausted they just want to eat nobody's talking and then you see the owners of the shawarma shop just like cleaning up in the background after all this chaos that happened in the city. It's it's my favorite out of all the stingers, honestly. It's so good. Micah, what's yours? I have to ask, are you guys uh, fans of shawarma in general, the food? Yes. I'm a big I, Middle Eastern food guy. Yes. Yeah, so am I. Some, uh, some euros, some hummus. Give me it Every all. Every time I see that scene, I have a lot of logistical questions about that scene in terms of like, how much time has elapsed? Did they just finish fighting? And they were just like, man, we are starving. And like, was there, the guy was like serving them. He clearly that restaurant has been like partially destroyed. That is a devoted restaurant. owner. It's <laughs> just like, I'm staying, I'm serving them. Um, but no, it is great. I do also like looking at each of their faces. I think Steve's face is the funniest. He just like has this, <laughs> this look of utter exhaustion as he just stares out into space. Um, and uh, it's great. Okay, am I giving my nomination? Yes. Um, I think I got to go with the first one. End of Iron Man, Nick Fury showing up to tell Tony that uh, you thought you were the only superhero. Um, and that there's an Avengers initiative because that's the moment 
I mean, that's like the biggest oh shit moment. For those people who did stick around in theaters, who didn't take off like Damon because they had to go catch a showing of The Dark Knight. Can you believe Iron Man and The Dark Knight came out within like two months of each other? That's it's just kind of weird to think about. Think about how much Marvel has done in that time since versus how much DC has come out, done in that time. I think Iron Man came out in like May of 08 and Dark Knight maybe like July of 08. So two good Batman movies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so, um, but the end of Iron Man, right? That's the moment where it's like, oh my God, like, oh, there's, there's more. Um, they're going to try to maybe bring these people together. And, you know, then it was just speculation. No one really knew exactly how it was going to all come together. The scene itself isn't all that like amazing, right? It's just Tony walking down and Nick Fury being like, hey, Avengers. <laughs> it's not like the most crackling dialogue ever written, but just for what the anticipation it built. And I mean, that's really the start of the build up to the Avengers. Um, so it's got to be that. I, I will have to say, and Damon, I don't feel bad about saying this because I will be just absolutely gobsmacked if you choose this one. The worst one, in my opinion, is undoubtedly the Incredible Hulks, which just takes that same exact scene and just instead flips the roles. So now it's just Tony speaking to Thunderbolt Ross and being like, there's Avengers. And it's like, we just saw this in the last movie. Like, that that's, is it, I think it would have been funny if they continued that trend and each new stinger was just a new character speaking to an old character and being like, hey, guess what? <laughs> there will be Avengers. <laughs> but there's nothing new actually added to it. When I watched the Incredible Hulk one again, I was just like, damn. They really did not add anything new except for Tony telling Thunderbolt Ross the same thing that Nick Fury told him. So Iron Man is my vote. Um, I'm going to go with the other Avengers one where we have our guy talking to uh, this this figure who we don't know yet about how, you know, you can't go to Earth. To go to Earth is to, uh, what, what, what is it, to uh, court death, which is such a great line. And man, if only they had followed up the whole death storyline. But what we got was fun. But we get that line and then we get the head turn of our guy Thanos in the reveal. I just remember like just being like, what? Because at that point, I knew what was happening. Like, I stayed for both of those. So I was ready. And then when you see Thanos, you were just like, what? And it just... It, it's just so hype. I, I, I love that. That was such a fun reveal. And I loved how, like, his face really popped in that scene, too. It was, like, really, really, like, pink. Uh, it's gone through a couple different color changes since then. But, uh, yeah. I've got a couple of questions and, and comments regarding that, which I think is a great choice. One is, yeah, the CGI on Thanos' face between then and Infinity War got quite a glow up. I think it would have been a tough hang if we had had two movies of uh, of that kind of middling CGI Thanos. I think it would have been hard to take him seriously in Infinity War. He looks great in Infinity War. He just looks like Josh Brolin with like an extra buff chin and he's been dyed purple. Uh, but this guy looks like a weird cartoon. And that guy's definitely not Josh Brolin, right? It's a different guy, isn't it? Yes, it's, yeah, it's, I don't think it's brawling in that one. So I think it would have been uh, interesting, not in a good way, uh, if that's the Thanos we had gotten in Infinity War. But it's still a fantastic scene. Um, to the thing that you said at the beginning, Damon, about, about people leaving the theater at the beginning. Now, one of the most fun parts about seeing a Marvel movie in theaters is I think that 
that Marvel fans' favorite thing to do, even more than seeing new movies, is watching people file out the theater and turning to the guy next to them and being like, look at these noobs. Look at these idiots leaving. Don't they know? And sometimes people will be like, what are they doing? And just cackling at them. I also always enjoy The Stinger. I usually see these movies with my wife. And uh, like I said, I'm not like a huge comics reader, but because I spend a lot of time on the general internets, I have pretty good knowledge of just like what's coming and what comics characters are around and stuff like that. So she'll always turn to me when someone like Thanos would just pop up on the screen. It's just like a random blob. She'll go, who is that? And that's always my time to shine. And I'm like, yeah, you know who that is? That's Thanos. And she's like, who's Thanos? And I'm like, I don't know yet, but we'll figure it out together in like eight years. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to find out. But trust me, it's Thanos and the people are getting hyped for it. So uh, those are my Thanos and post credit stinger thoughts. But the question is, does that get your vote, Mike? Um, my vote is going to go to the one I nominated. I like the Iron Man one because of how it sets up the rest of the future of the MCU. But any of those other nominations are also, I think, terrific choices, too. All right. Anna, we'll get to your vote. Eat the shawarma. You know you want to. I was actually debating on if I was going to go between Shwarma or Nick Fury. And I think I'm leaning more towards Nick Fury just because it's Samuel L. Jackson. And it was a very, very short clip, but he owned it and he pretty much drove the MCU forward. Just letting people know, yes, this is not just a singular movie. We are opening the door to a variety of possibilities. All right. So, so that, that gets your vote? Mm-hmm. I am not giving them the clean sweep. Mine goes for Shawarma. Shawarma deserves a vote, but I am perfectly <laughs> fine with with Stark and and Nick Fury with give us giving us that first morsel, that first taste of the Avengers and what's what's coming. And I mean, come on, Nick Fury! Like this character was literally designed after Samuel L. Jackson. Just it always blows my mind the fact that they did that and the fact that they were like, yeah, you got to be the actor. And the fact that it happened, it, it's just beautiful. I, I love his rendition of Fury. One of my favorite characters in the MCU. And uh, I cannot wait for a secret invasion. I think that's one of my things I'm most hyped for coming down the road. We left some really good stingers off of there. The Iron Man 2 one where you see Mjolnir for the first time is pretty fantastic. And you're like, oh, that was another one. I remember my wife being like, what? And I was like, just you wait. That hammer's coming back, baby. And then, and then um, I really like the Captain America one, too, mainly just because it's awesome to watch Steve punch the shit out of the boxing bag. Um, when he's just punching the bag and punches it off, I'm just like, I could watch this guy punch a bag for quite a while. <laughs> it is highly entertaining. Um, so they, they've got some good ones. So many good ones. And they just get better and like different and weird like so many stingers we're going to talk about them all um but okay stark and meets fury iron man gets the w let's move on to that next one and the winner is nick fury approaches tony stark about the avengers initiative in iron man coming up next the nominees for the glorious purpose award so damon who's your nominee me you continue to give me the ones that i just feel are complete gimmies but i'll i'll take them i'm going with the glorious purpose man himself low shot so shot much much surprise 
But I mean, we we get two servings of Loki in Phase One. Okay, we get introduced to him in Thor, which is really fun. He's he's almost really like surprisingly subdued when like you think about all this Loki we get and how like slimy he can be. But he's he's at his most mischievous also in Thor because he's really just pulling the wool over Thor's eyes the entire time. He's really playing up the the brother factor and's like I'm just here to try to help the entire time and everything and it's just, you know, his ploy all along and then we get we see him get kicked, you know, booted away. And where where did he go? Somehow he got picked up by our guy Thanos and is given an army and a scepter that can brainwash people. And he's just he's ready to take over Earth, you know, and he's just so villainous in that he's so fun. His whole idea of like. The best part, you know, what people need to be free is for freedom to not exist like that whole idea. It's very convoluted, but it's so Loki and it's really fun to see played out over the movie. He's his line readings. I mean, Tom Hiddleston, when he showed up in Thor, just like he took over, like. I think one of the best actors that we were introduced to from the MCU. Um, one of my favorites and the fact that we're getting more just and more. I, for a second, a lot of people are like, I'm done with Loki. I don't want any more Loki. I'm so glad we're getting more because he's the character we see in these movies and the character we have now. Very, very different. But this is a super fun character, and this is definitely the most villainous of Loki that we get. Just, I mean, he's, he kills, what did they say? Thor's like, that's my brother. And they're like, he killed 80 people in two days. He's adopted. I was just, I remember everyone loving that in the theaters. And it's, it's like, he, the fact is, dude is a murderer. Dude does not care much for life at that time. So he, he really fits the bill for class bully. That's my nom. Micah, what's yours? I'm glad I didn't have the first pick because like you said, uh, that's like the LeBron of the draft. I mean, it's a great pick. If I'd been, had the first nominee here, you cannot go. Uh, well, we'll see. I don't want to jump ahead at past nominations to the award, but Loki is uh, he's a five tool player is, is what I'd say here, but that just frees me up to have some fun. Cause there are quite a few fun villains in, um, in phase one. And obviously uh, I'm going to have to go with Tony Stark built this in a cave with a bunch of scraps. Uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, Damon, you know well my deep and abiding love for The Big Lebowski. Jeff Bridges, one of my favorite actors and people of all time. And seeing him just ranting and raving his way through Iron Man as Obadiah Stane, trying to rid the world of weapons, you gave it his best one ever. Uh, just <laughs> Toey! Just growling, and he's basically just like eating the scene, the scenery around him, having a glorious time. Loki's having a glorious purpose. Obadiah is having a glorious time. Obadiah is an amazing name. Um, the moment where he like stuns Tony with that little stun guy he has is genuinely like actually like chilling and frightening. It's like, whoa, damn, this is like actually upsetting. Um, so he's great. Um, and I love Jeff Bridges. I love Mason Obadiah. So with Loki off the board, there's some other really good and fun villains in in phase one. But I got to go with my man, Ironmonger. Yes. And I love, like, the callback. Like, he says Ironmonger earlier in the movie. You're like, oh, oh, he said it. He said it. We're Ironmongers, Tony. (laughs) 
Oh, you do a good, you do a good stain. Uh, Anna, who's got, who's your nom? I'm so glad that the nominations went in this particular order because that leaves me free to nominate Red Skull, <laughs> aka Elrond. Of course. Um, I mean, Captain America, it, it's not a secret. It's my favorite movie of phase one right and i think it really hits all the boxes and yeah red skull is kind of creepy and gross but the whole movie just gives off writers of the lost ark vibes and i think hugo weaving really well i mean his accent is actually very atrocious i will not give him that but (laughs) he really commits to the bit and he makes a pretty good villain right he's just got the bone structure for it he delivered the lines, you know, he rocked the facial makeup. I, it, it was just a really phenomenal performance. We did not really get enough of him as like a villain in the MCU, which I think was egregious, but there's really no way that movie could have ended without Red Skull being eliminated as a threat, but he definitely at least worth, needed a shout out as a nomination. You know, Red Skull really could have been a wallflower, because like you said, like we really should have gotten more Red Skull. Skull. He did. He did good. He did what he should have in this movie. But the fact that we didn't get him again until spoilers, and he pops up back on Vor, you know, on Voromir. That's a different dude. And it's right? a different guy. It's, it's not, <laughs> so it's not even him. So would we have gotten Hugo Weaving if they had like brought him back in Captain America two? Who knows? But he was fine. Like. For one, he plays a, a Nazi, so you already you're already there as far as villainous. And then he just really plays it so dastardly and the way he's just like starting to fry people who's you know, who's been wronging him. And also the his secret weapon is sometimes a villain is great good, but they're great when they have the perfect right hand man or right hand person. And Zola is just they're it's, it gives me like Captain Hook and Shmee vibes, you know, <laughs> um, you know, you got you got Red Skull and you got Zola. I just I, I really love them together. But. My vote goes to Loki because it's Loki. I really love about Obadiah Stane. I really would have loved to see him stay around, too. And of course, if we had done a dunk award, I think that would have been my nominee would be just them killing everybody too soon. Like you don't gotta kill everybody, gel them, cripple them, like hurt them, and send them to a different dimension. Different, yeah. They didn't have different dimensions in Phase One, but uh, you know, uh, well, you know, they could have sent them to Jotunheim. You know, who knows? Yeah. But I, I Loki had to get my vote for this one. Micah, are, are you going with Obadiah? Damon. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna do the Obadiah voice all the time. Um, no, I do want to give a shout out. Red Skull also has an it has some great quotes. Uh, he's like, "You pretend to be a simple soldier." Um, the, his accent work is kind of all over the map too. <laughs> we have left humanity behind. Um, I do also want to give a quick shout out. We would be remiss if we did not mention uh, Sam Rockwell's gloriously hilarious Justin Hammer, which is just. <laughs> I love Sam Rockwell. He's one of my favorite actors in general. So I love him in Iron Man 2. I enjoy, I, I love me some Vanko too. I, this is a pro Iron Man 2 podcast I'm discovering. And I think that we should just embrace that. 
um, in all of its uh, absurdity. And I also think that um, I'm curious your guys' thoughts. I enjoy uh, Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky too. I think he does a good job. I'm, I'm a big Tim Roth fan as an actor I as well. Love Tim Roth, give me all like Lie to Me is one of my favorite unknown like underrated TV shows that got canceled way too soon. I love that show. I love Tim Roth. Like Four Rooms is one of my favorite uh, Tarantino things. You know, it give me all the Roth. He was he's so fun, and like if they was he. He was in spoilers. Shang, you okay? Hold on, Micah. You have seen Shang Chi, right? I have seen Shang Chi, and even if I hadn't, it's been a year. It's like, come on. At some point, it's just my own damn fault. But was, yes, I saw Shang Chi a few months ago. Was that Tim Roth as Abomination, or was it just? I don't even know if Tim Roth played the Abomination in the Incredible Hulk, or if it was just the computer Bob. <laughs> Is it very fair? I don't know, but I would love to see him being brought back in for a substantial role because. Emil Blonsky's a fun villain. Yeah. You're very um I like the way he just when he just goes his little like like a monster, right? When he's just like chilling in his little bus. But the answer here is Loki. I cannot go in any other direction. Loki is um people frequently say the MCU has a villain problem and that their villains are either killed off or not fully fleshed out in a great way. Um Loki is the most important villain. Now it's questionable whether he is a villain, but he certainly is in phase one. And uh, he is the most dynamic one, the most fully fleshed out one. Um, to me, this is a no-brainer. we got to go with the Lokes. The Lokes. Anna, is it a sweep? I mean, I am wearing a Loki shirt. <laughs> are indeed wearing is so, that a kid? i mean i don't know if i should no i he's got my vote 110 percent. i think uh well the listeners at home might not know this but i'm a giant simp for a morally gray character and loki's definitely one of the top if not the top morally gray characters in the mcu so and we also named the award after him so i feel like it would be really egregious if we didn't give him the award that <laughs> Um, so yeah, clean sweep. All right. You you guys probably know, so I was going to say one thing real fast, going back to the Sam Rockwell thing really quickly. Um, I only learned this when I was reading up about some of the movies in prep for the pod. I didn't know that Sam Rockwell was actually considered to play Iron Man. I think he would have been an awesome Iron Man. I think I if, if don't you, th- I mean, obviously Robert Downey Jr. is unbelievable. I wouldn't suggest replacing with anyone else, but if, if he hadn't been Iron Man and they'd gone in a different direction, because John Favreau had a really push for it to be Robert Downey Jr. because he wasn't exactly in the prime of his career then. I think Sam Rockwell would have crushed it. I think he would have been a fantastic Iron Man. If if like we were to do a podcast one day, like looking at the whole what if, like what do the Avengers, like the MC look look like if they had done all the other casting? I mean, Emily Blunt was supposed to be Black Widow. She'd be terrific. Krasinski was almost Captain America. He would have been uh, great. I didn't but, know about well, almost being Iron Man. What was that, Anna? Tom Hiddleston also auditioned to be Thor. And yep. then I think Sebastian Stan also auditioned to be Cap as well. So that also would have been interesting. All kinds of stuff. You know, and then we had a whole different, you know, <laughs> uh, roadie in Iron Man 1, you know, that didn't stay around. Terrence Howard, so... He was fun too. I love some some Don uh, Rody though. That's my Rody. All right, 
let's move on to that next award. And the winner is Tom Hiddleston as Loki. And now the nominees for the Easter Egg Award. The Easter Egg Award, y'all. Just essentially chock full of Easter eggs. These movies are so many. You can go in the comic route. You can go the MCU route. Just so many you can choose from. Anna, what's yours? So... I'm debating on if I want to go straight up cheesy or if I want to go subtle, but I think I'm going to go cheesy. In Iron Man, you actually see Cap's shield as a prototype in Tony's workshop. And I rem- honestly, Iron Man is the only movie I've seen in theaters, right? Um, and I just remember it was my freshman year of college. I went with all my friends and we sat there and our jaws just all collectively dropped. We all pointed at the screen and we went, that's cap shield they're like are we getting cap and we we all just created like these huge theories and we were bouncing them off of each other and that was really one of the bigger easter eggs in the mcu that i think really spun people into going back into comic book lore and seeing what the possibilities could have been i think you're muted there for a second damon Yep. No, I was just saying that's definitely on my list. That's such a good one. Micah, what do you got for us? You are muted now. Classic, classic uh, Skype shenanigans. You'd think after two years of just being in our house that uh, we would have figured this out by now, but we're we're getting there. Um, Anna's was obviously definitely on my list because it's just such a classic, uh, you know, like you said, it's like, hey, Captain America Shield, this is this happening? Um, I'm gonna go. This might be the first legitimate nomination from the Incredible Hulk um, that that we have. We've had some like some honorable mention ones, but I actually like this one from the Incredible Hulk. I think it qualifies as an Easter egg um, because it's something that's not really explicitly discussed in the movie. But if you know what's up, then you're like, oh, maybe this is happening. Which is when uh, Tim Blake Nelson's character, Mister Blue, who is helping uh, the Hulk throughout his whole thing. Uh, gets basically knocked out by the abomination after helping Emil Blonsky transform, and he gets like knocked on his ass. And then this little beaker of the Hulk's blood drips onto his head, and he, the camera zooms in on his face, and he does this utterly grotesque and off-putting, really creepy smile. And you see his head start pulsating for a mi- for like a moment, and then it cuts away. And if you don't know what's going on, you're like, "What the hell is happening?" But if you know who that character is, Samuel Stearns, uh, he is uh, a major villain in in Marvel Comics, the leader. And this is uh, a character that I actually was well familiar with um, because I watched the love the cartoon um, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Did you guys watch that show? Um, which is a super fun um, two season cartoon that came out maybe in like 08 or 09, right after Iron Man came out. And the Incredible Hulk. It's really good. It used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. Um, and uh, he he has a couple episode arc as a major villain in that show. He also, in classic cartoon villain fashion, basically how any episode with him w- with him would end is things would go terribly for him, and then he would turn to like his henchmen and go, "Perfect. It is all proceeding according to plan." And it's like, ah, yes, the plan where nothing goes to plan. This is the plan. Um, so I like always a tease for a villain who might show up later. 
And even though we have not seen the leader, that character has not been killed off. And there has, I know, been some speculation in the past what Tim Blake Nelson returned with his big pulsating forehead. Um, and we'll see if that ends up coming to fruition. But for now, that's my Easter egg nominee. That's such a good one because people have been like, every year, like every year to everyone's like, are we going to get the leader? Is the leader going to happen? They just bring it back up. Like that happened. Is it ever going to happen? Uh, I think it'll happen one day. Maybe She-Hulk. Maybe we get uh, get it there, you know? My Easter egg is one that, when we first see it, it's a really fun one. And it takes a ride. It really goes on a really fun, wild trip in the phases. But in phase one, when we first hear about the Ten Rings, we're just like, oh, wow. It's the group, you know, ran by the Mandarin. Um, and it's just like, it gives us it for one, almost immediately, very early on in Iron Man, it tells you, this is a universe. This is something that we're getting other things in this world. And it's only shirt up more by like, once you see Tony's, I mean, you see captain's, uh, prototype shield. And then we get the, the credit stinger with Nick Fury. But even before then we get the 10 rings nod and you're like, this is, this is a big world. And of course, the Ten Rings are connected to the Mandarin and Shang-Chi's story, and we get different variations of the Ten Rings, some some good and some bad in the in the future uh, movies. But just just this call back, this reference in this first one was really well done, and it it really just gives you a lot of hype and potential for for future Ten Ring stuff. So that's going to be my nom. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's so many different ones we could have gone with. I mean, one I had was Lou Ferrigno showing up in the Incredible Hulk. You know, just you always got to have the Hulk in the Hulk. Getting them checks. Get <laughs> Lou Ferrigno cashing those Hulk checks. <laughs> um, it, there's just so many. Did y'all want to mention any before we vote? I had a couple that were, were really fun. Um, one is Rhodes's next time, back when he is uh, Terrence Howard. Uh the next time does end up happening. It just ends up being, he should have said next time, Don Cheadle. <laughs> and then out the way, but that's another great one. Any of the ones in Iron Man are super fun because we didn't know what was coming next. So it's like, oh, he's coming. And that's when, you know, anyone uh, who knows gets to turn to their friends and go, he's going to be War Machine, right? And th that's exciting. And there's also another fun one in The Incredible Hulk uh, with that little cameo of Martin Starr. He's one of the like uh, science scientists um, and then obviously he shows up as a teacher in homecoming. And I believe they're insinuating that that is the same character. Yes. Um, in, in the Hulk, he just, is that, is that the one where he like holds up the pizza? Uh, and he's just like, he just has pizza. Um, yeah. so that's a really fun one because that's one where the MCU is like, Hey, we take our continuity seriously. If we want this actor, <laughs> then we're going to pretend like he was here in the incredible Hulk 11 years before. Uh, so that's another really fun one. That's a fun one. Anna, do you have any others, or do you want to go ahead and vote? Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, so uh, Zola's first appearance in the comics was um, basically he had like this big square head, right? And then when you first see Zola on screen, he's like looking through that magnifying glass, and he actually does have that square perception with like a really giant face, which is how he appeared in the comics. Um, then you had, uh, what was it? I think it was like the My Name Is sticker for Thor, and it's a Dr. Donald Blake 
MD, which was Thor's uh, secret identity um, in the comics when he actually was not a demigod. Um, then you had the red car, which some people compared to uh, Lola, which I haven't seen Shield, Agents of Shield yet, um, but it was also Iron Man red. Anybody? Uh, and then when you look at Captain America, um, it really has Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes because uh, I think the director is Joe Johnston, if I remember correctly. Um, and he was a special effects supervisor on there. So obviously when uh, Hugo Weaving's Ragged Skull character um, gets sucked up through the portal, like he melts away, very similar to Raiders of the Lost Ark when he opens the box, um, when he sees the Tesseract for the first time, it's very similar to that scene in Raiders. Um, so yeah, love those little nuanced callbacks. All right. I, th I think they really missed a golden moment when he opened the box for Steve to go, what's in the box? What's in the box? That would have been a nice <laughs> moment. There's, there's also a great little moment in Iron Man 2 when Nick Fury is showing Tony a map of the world and Wakanda's on it. Um, that's kind of the first little Wakanda mention. Um, it's not even mentioned by name. You just see it on the map labeled, um, which is cool. That's a decade later. Okay. You got three noms. Only one can win. Anna, we'll get your vote. What a build up. I, I know, right? This is, this is a lot of pressure. I think I'm going to have to go vote for my own with Cap Shield just because we didn't know that Captain America was coming. So that was just a really subtle hint. Um, no, not really subtle. It was actually a pretty big hint. Um, but it wasn't a, a finished shield. It was kind of just sitting on Tony's workbench. Like, okay, like, this is a thing. This is happening. Um, so that's what I'm going for. Uh, you don't have to vote for that, obviously. But that's just my opinion. Not even trying to get the votes for your own. Uh, yeah. So humble. Micah, <laughs> what are you voting for? Well, she tried uh, downplaying it, but I will enthusiastically vote for that same one. Um, kind of like when we went with, um, when we were talking about um, the first Iron Man stinger. It's not that it's like necessarily that incredible of a moment. It's just kind of what it represents and what it, what it indicated about what's to come, right? And like Anna said, people nudging each other in theaters being like, holy shit, there's the Captain America shield. And um, it's just a super awesome moment, especially because we know that it then, absolutely did pay the dividends you know imagine a different world where iron man comes out and flops and there is no mcu and then you're just like hey remember when like their captain america shield was an iron man that was interesting or like not too bad that didn't happen uh but it did and obviously cap and tony are you know pretty arguably the two central characters of the mcu at least to date and uh that's kind of the first moment tying them together so to me um that's an easy an easy vote it gets the sweep. It definitely does. It, it was such a cool moment. For all the reasons y'all said before, we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know if we were going to get Cap. And if we didn't get Cap, it would have just been like, oh, what could have been? But we got it all. So much more than that. And Captain America is definitely my favorite character of the MCU. Um, as flawed as he is, because he is a very flawed character. Um, Language. <laughs> That, that that's so weird because he's not a he's not a he's not a scout boy scout he's definitely uh i felt like that was such a weird one it was so funny though it's so funny um but no the captain america prototype shield gets my uh, vote 
and that gets a clean sweep, guys. Let's uh let's move on to that next one. And the winner is the appearance of Captain America's shield in Tony's workshop from Iron Man Two. And here are the nominees for most memeable moment. Who wants to nom first? Not me. I need to see what you guys have got on the table for this. I'll I'll go. I'll go first. I will take this one because it's just one of my favorite memes in general. It can be used for so many different stuff. Um, And it's it's just the Avengers Captain America. I understood that reference. You know, it, it could be used in a plethora of ways. Cap looks like he's like, oh, I got that. Because he was just like, for so much, he's like, what is happening? What is going on? And you get the buildup from the beginning of the movie. He's like, um, you know, I'm, I am I don't, I think I'll be okay. You know, I've seen a lot of stuff. And and Fury's like, I bet you $10 <laughs> that uh, he can't be real shocked. And he's just like, gives him the money pretty quickly. I, I can't remember when does he give him the money back um, after what scene. I I can't pull it out of my uh, memory real quick, but just when that happens, that that's so fun, and uh, so that that's got to be my meme. Anna, what's what's yours? So I actually haven't seen this meme yet, um, but I was just watching it in Iron Man, and I just went, man, that would make an excellent meme. Um, it's the scene where Tony's trying to get out of the suit, and then Pepper catches him, and then he looks at her and he goes. Let's be honest, you caught me in worse situations than this. <laughs> I feel like you could take that caption and put it on almost any meme out there and it would still hit hard. Um, I just, I I don't know. For some reason, that just stuck out to me as the most memeable moment in phase one. I love the, that because the fact that for, for you know, we have six movies and we have so many memes that have been memed, and you're going with one that hasn't, and that's honestly such a good one. And I feel like the internet is slacking, not making that a meme yet, and we need to make it a meme immediately. Uh, I, right, Mike. I agree. It's a great moment, and it is hilarious, and uh, hopefully, it will become uh, memeified uh, from your inspiration. I'm also glad you brought up Pepper because it made me remember that when we were talking about best quotes, we forgot one of the all-time best ones, which is Pepper saying, Mr. Stark uh, calls me to do all sorts of uh, anything for him, including taking out on occasion, taking out the trash. Uh, just a legendary, legendary moment. Just uh, a terrific line. Um, so the first one I had written down, Damon, for um, my meme nomination was definitely the I, I understood that reference, which is especially great to dust off because we all spend a lot of time on like a nerdy pop culture Facebook group where people are dropping references all the time. And I, I, I dabble in my fair share of books and movies and shows, but you know, half the time I'm like, I don't know what the hell this is. So it's always nice. To, ah, I understood that reference. It kind of, it kind of uh, actually works for myself on occasion, but I'm actually going to go in the direction that Anna went with, which is um, I was browsing various memes and there are some good ones from phase one. But there's a moment, maybe I'm wrong, and you guys can be will tell me that it is memed a lot. But I don't feel like I've seen a lot of memes of it, even though it feels kind of like a natural one to me, um, which is one of the, the best moments in the Avengers. We were just talking earlier about the incredible Battle of New York scene at the end. And then, of course, there's the showdown 
uh, where Hulk busts in and there's another with Loki, and Loki goes, Enough! You are all of you beneath me, you dull creature. And then Hulk just starts pounding him into the ground, uh, followed by his puny god. Uh, and to me, that meme is perfect for the Loki part can be anyone going on just a rant of them, just of whatever rant they feel like uh, they want to go on. And then uh, the next image is just Hulk bashing them to a pulp like everyone wants to when someone's going on uh, like an insane misogynistic rant or something. And you just want to pound them into submission and say puny God. So I've not actually seen that meme, even though it seems perfect for uh, our rant filled culture especially online culture these days. So I'd like to to see it get more traction on the interwebs. I don't want to say that I have, like uh, that I have, if I haven't, but I feel like it sounds familiar. I feel like maybe, maybe like back in the day, it hasn't stuck around, but it was a older generation meme. So to say, I guess, um, that's All a the good best types of memes. Um, are I love a good uh, older generation meme just with you know that big block font and that's that's really all you need for a good meme. Um, and then the quote that we ended up going with was I also consider that as my meme, but it already won another category. But that is frequently meme that that's my secret cap and then something absurd on the bottom. Um, I'm always eating or whatever it might be. Um, and then so that's a great one, but that one's already gotten an award, so I didn't feel a need to to toss that one out. That's y'all made that tough because y'all's are both very clever. Like I want to see the Tony and, and it's, let's be honest. You've caught me in worse situations. Is that what it was? Anna, what's the wording? Let's be honest. You've caught me in worse situations than this. <laughs> That's good. I mean, really, I bet the way Tony looks at it, it's just like, yup, it's, it's, it probably looks really bad. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go with mine just because I know it, but I, it's hard not to go with the tried and true. So I, I am going to go with the tried and true just because it is, it is still it is used frequently. So just for that, just the fact that it is definitely in use in a, a very popular meme, I'm going to go with, I understood that reference, but I want to see y'all skip some more uh, rotation in the meme world. What you going to go with? Micah? What are you voting for, Micah? Oh, um, I would. Uh, I agree that I would like to see kind of more uh, more play for Anna and my nominations. But like you said, I understood that reference. That was my number one one that I had written down. It's it stood the test of time. It's still one of the most ubiquitous gifs you'll see on the internet. Um, just I'm a gif guy, by the way. I don't know if you guys are gif guys or gif guy. I'm a gif, GIF guy all the way. Gif gif. You mean gif 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 gif? Anna looks absolutely outraged. Um, <laughs> um, but I will go to the mat for GIF. Choosy moms choose GIF, Anna, and I'm a choosy mom. The, the G stands for graphics. <laughs> Isn't it pronounced graphic? Like Jurassic Park? <laughs> Damon, I quit. I will pick my paycheck on the way. Oh. Okay. Paycheck. Um, Getting paid? But, I'm not getting paid. I understood that reference is uh, for your sake, Anna. It's a phenomenal gif that gets uh, great play. It's great in motion. It's great as a still image. It's so versatile. And I mean, that came out ten years ago now, and you'll, I mean, you'll see that on the internet every day. So that that is really like that might honestly be possibly the best meme in the entire MCU, not just in Phase One and the most frequently used one. There's a couple other really good ones. Um, but that, that one gets my vote as much as I would like to see uh, Tony and the compromising position 
get more action. Well, I, let me rephrase that. I would not like to see Tony <laughs> in a compromising position get more action. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I'd like to see him get some meme work done. Yes, some some definitely some meme work. Anna, does that get the sweep? It does get the sweep. We're done. <laughs> I understood I, that reference. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the, the big three of the awards. Let's do this. And the winner is... I understood that reference. Here are the nominees for Valedictorian. The Valedictorian Award. Yes, very, very important stuff here. We're handing out award for the best performance of the entire phase now. Um, I, I wanted to make sure before we had did the, you know, figured out our noms that I, I wanted to see, was this going to be you know, individual performances in movies or is it going to span the entire phase? So yes, this is all the phases. So if they have more than just one movie, it is including everything they did within the phase. So that being said, Anna, what's your nom? I'm going to have to go with um, just because well, one, he's Captain America. He's the first Avenger, right? Canonically, in timeline order, it is the first movie you watch, not in release order. Um, and he definitely showed the personality and the gumption of staying true to who he is and just going out to protect others at risk for himself. He doesn't really have, unlike some other people in the MCU, he's not very what he does is to help other people and he does have leadership ability when you see him in avengers he's directing people on the ground um he's telling the cops what to do set up a perimeter get people into the subway um when you have the whole crew with the superheroes together he's saying okay now we're gonna stay on the ground you know hulk go smash uh yeah i mean i really think that the valedictorian it's gotta be cap right <laughs> he's definitely on my board micah who's your nom so uh are, so are you nominating to be clear are you nominating captain america or are you nominating chris evans or is it kind of a hybrid of the two i am nominating captain okay the fact um, that I, he happens to be played by Chris Evans is just a bonus. Gotcha. I remember when, before I get to my nomination, um, I remember uh, when I heard that Chris Evans was going to be playing Captain America. And to that, uh, up until then, I had basically two associations with Chris Evans, uh, which is the Fantastic Four movie. And I was, uh, and I'm a very easy target audience for superhero movies. I enjoy even the bad ones. I'm like Daredevil, sure, yeah, whatever. That movie's pretty bad. And, and I was like, okay. And the other one, of course, not another team movie. Uh, mm -hmm. One of my all-time faves. And I was like, Captain America is going to be played by the guy who says <laughs> the face she makes when she's tonguing my balls. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening here? And um, yet, credit to his performance, which obviously is incredible. Um, within like 30 seconds, you're just like, oh, he like really has the gravitas down and just, it's funny because not another teen movie, which I had seen like a hundred times, one of my favorite comedies, because obviously that movie is just tremendous. Um, that movie is like, there's no sincerity at all. Like that movie is all like sarcasm and just like absurdity. And for Captain America, he has to be 
genuinely like wholesome and sincere and you have to buy that and you just kind of buy the heartfeltness of the performance right away. So I think it's a great pick. That being said, uh, my nomination, um, and I'm going to go with in specifically the actor. Uh, my nomination is, is Robert Downey Jr. Um, as Iron Man. Big surprise. We went from Cap to Iron Man um, because, um, well, I, it sounds like there's pretty much consensus among us that, that uh, Captain America is most of our maybe favorite Avenger characters. Um, and he probably is mine. Um, the MCU doesn't get off the ground uh, without Iron Man working. And he sets the tone for kind of the entire franchise. I mean, literally like the tone of the character, like the quippiness and uh, everyone is very quick witted. It has these amazing comebacks and other characters like Peter Quill and um, Dr. Strange, they are their own characters, but they're essentially like spinoff offshoot characters of Iron Man, right? Like they're basically like different configurations of him in different, in different places. So he kind of is the archetype for how the tone of the MCU is and how different characters will behave. And without his amazing performance, if Robert Downey Jr. didn't embody that so well, it's really a question of if it would work. Think about if just The Incredible Hulk had come out before Iron Man. They came out the same year. It, it's hard to know where it would have gone from there, right? Um, or even if Thor, which I enjoy the first Thor movie, um, but I really think that it needed to be Iron Man and it's um, super important. And Robert Downey Jr.'s performance kind of is the anchor behind all of that. So he is my pick for valedictorian of this class. Yes, Anna? Okay, so I just want to swing back to what you said about you had, you did not see Scott Pilgrim? I had seen Scott Pilgrim. I honestly, I probably hadn't seen it before. What year did Scott Pilgrim come out? 2010? Oh, well. 2010. After, Iron Man, after yeah. uh, Captain America. I definitely uh, did see it. Captain America did it not, came out 2011. 2011. That's right. No, you're right. It did. That's so, very true. Good point. I, I definitely, I know I saw Captain America in theaters, and I definitely did not see Scott Pilgrim probably until like 2012 or 2013. Um, but yes, in retrospect, uh, Chris Evans rules in a lot of things. Um, but I, my only association with him there was uh, his uh, cocked eyebrow raise, mainly in Not Another Teen Movie, which it's a good eyebrow raise, but still. No, I was just concerned. I was like, if you saw Scott Pilgrim and then you said that you didn't remember that, I was going to be very offended. No, no, no. Um, I, I'm, his, uh, he is tremendous in Scott Pilgrim, as everyone is. That movie is perfection. Amazing. I, I also have something to say. While I do think Iron Man was the first, like, the clear choice of the movie to release first, I think RDJ's performance in Iron Man was so good. Even if they did put Incredible Hulk first, I think it would have had enough trajectory to keep the MCU going. Would it have had the same toss in second place as first? Probably not. But I, I do think RDJ's performance pushed the MCU forward, regardless of what time it was. Please. We could argue that no matter if it was first or second, people tend to forget Incredible Hulk even happened. So I think it was going to be that no matter what. So Anna and I did the two obvious picks. I'm curious. There's a couple other options here that I had if I had the third pick for this. I'm curious where you're going to go with this, Damon. So this is, in my opinion, the obvious third pick. In my eyes, there was three you could go with. And uh, I've already talked him up enough, but it's my guy, Tom Hiddleston, as Loki. 
Um, already said why he was such a great villain, and it's why he was such a perform great performance. Is like, I mean, he's he's given us such great line readings, but he's also being so charismatic that you're just like, I like this guy. He's a murderer. I really like him. He's fun, you know. He's, he's a fun he, murderer. He's he's charismatic, you know. You, he could definitely be the biggest best cult leader ever until he gets real bored with it. Um, but he's just he has that right balance of of mischievousness with with glee and he's evil while also being just fun he's not a boring villain you know you don't really know what's ever going to happen anna but it's not just the fact that he has the quippy one-liner fun it's the facial acting right oh yes tom hiddleston just commits like when he's upset like you see a tear come out of loki's eye he just goes for it (laughs) Tom Tom has that smirk, that really great Loki smirk, and then like when he gets frustrated, yeah, he you really see it play out on his face. He's visibly distraught. He does some stuff with his eyebrows, and like he'll like open and close his mouth a lot. He's just very he's, he is a very physical actor, and it really leads to the Loki performance. We don't see that much of that in these first two. I would say he's he. It's probably the most reserved we get Loki, and even then, he's still fantastic in both of these movies um i i I mean i just i think loki gets better as we keep going but just in these two i think his performances are fantastic it sets the stage for for everything else and tom hiddleston just builds his his career on it you know he he's done so much since then i i want to see him do a lot more i love the guy and that's uh my nom it's also quite the hair journey he goes on from the short uh, like cropped hair in Thor to just the, the glorious purpose main of uh, of the Avengers. So um, it's it's quite a hair journey that we go on alongside old Loki. Very much so. So we have Chris Evans as Steve Rogers, RDJ as Tony Stark, and Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Who's going to win? Anna, who's got your vote? Oh man, I didn't know you were Loki on the board. Now I'm very torn. That's right. <sighs> we are I all of us beneath him. I I just I feel like I'm disrespecting Tom by saying this, but I it's gotta be RDJ because he's like two thirds of <laughs> if not half <laughs> of this phase, right? You have Iron Man one, you have Iron Man two, and he's in Avengers. So yeah, no, he's in half. Um he pops up with the Incredible Hulk for his mediocre cameo in The Stinger. <laughs> yeah, so he really kicked off the MCU. And if it wasn't for Tony, I don't think we would really be here 20-something movies later, right? So, yeah, it's got to be Iron Man. Micah, does RDJ get your vote as well? Well, I didn't nominate him in the first place. I do want to say real fast, there were two other people I was considering nominating who I'm going to guess you guys might have been thinking about as well who are not really characters as much as behind-the-scenes stewards. One is Kevin Feige, just for stewarding the entire thing. He might be the MVP of the MCU overall, just the fact of like being the overarching visionary behind it. The other person I was thinking about was Jon Favreau, who obviously does show up as uh, one of Anna's favorite wallflowers, Happy. But um, if you read about the development of Iron Man, the movie, it had been in development for like almost 
20 years before it actually got made. And what, there were all these starts and stops with it. It was in kind of this development hell. Um, and it seemed just like a movie that if it ever did get made, it was going to be a disaster. And he just had such a clear vision for it. Um, and as we know, John Favreau kind of just like turns whatever he touches into gold. He's like, oh, Star Wars is struggling. Here's the Mandalorian. Uh, the MCU needs to get started. Here's Iron Man. Um, you know, whatever he, he, he just kind of does that. Monica needs a boyfriend and friends. Here I am. Pete's ready to fight some MMA. <laughs> um, so I thought about both of them, but in the end, I think the most essential person is, is Robert Downey Jr. I, and I think that he's the most critical cog of the entire MCU. And really from the opening moment of it, right? It starts off with him in the back of that vehicle in Afghanistan and just their opening conversation like sets the tone right away. He's making making some playboy jokes and uh, he just nails it. And he is Iron Man. He's the MCU. So RDJ is my guy. Uh, RDJ gets the sweep. Uh, Chris Evans definitely gives us a great foundation for for Cap. He really shows us who he is at the beginning. Very earnest, hardworking kid. And he turns into Captain America. And we also get to see him kind of a fish out of the water. You know, like he's man out of time. And we, of course, in Avengers, we don't get to see him deal with that too much. It really just jumps into the action. And we do a lot of that more in, in Winter Soldier. But we see a little bit of it. And we, we get to see how he interacts with everybody. And how great Chris Evans is at playing that commanding but calm captain that Captain America is. He's, he just really portrays that super well. But there's a reason why everyone says when you, you think about a role that no one else can play, this is maybe the number one thing that everyone says. Oh, RDJ is Tony Stark. And like, I always like to go a little bit against to bat against that because, well, of course he is. That's who we know. I think a lot of people like, uh, you said earlier, Micah, Sam Rockwell could have been maybe Tony Stark. You know, Tom Cruise was rumored as a potential Tony Stark. That would have been a very interesting uh, route to have gone down. Um, also, it's interesting because, like I mentioned before, John Favreau had to really push for the studio to to use Robert Downey Jr. because his career was nowhere, and he had a lot of you know issues that he was personal issues he was dealing with beforehand. Um, and but those end up actually like helping the characterization because in a way, I mean, he's obviously a different character than a, he's a real person. Tony Stark's a fictional character, but you know, they have kind of these troubled pasts and both of them are kind of these notorious playboys. And it ends up like fusing him with the character, much like Tony himself fuses with the Iron Man suit. So um, there's just kind of a nice symbiosis between them, between him and the character. And um, that makes it work perfectly. Yes, I, I love that you said that because I, I've, I've, you know, I've seen a lot of interviews and stuff from just all kinds of different celebrities, and they always say like the best roles that they get are the ones that they can put themselves into, you know, the ones that they they relate to that they can, you know, be like, oh, well, I'm very similar to this, or like, oh, I I see that, like I have this, you know, same kind of trait, and then they can they can truly connect into that role, and I mean, Tony. RDJ has his own demons and it's definitely uh, Tony Stark does as well. And they just really blend, like you said, and it turns in just one of the best performances we've seen in a long time. I mean, he's, he's sharp. 
he's very quick. Um, he's so intelligent in the way he shows how intelligent he is in these movies, just rattling off just jargon that I'm I'm pretty sure is nonsense as far as actual science people are and engineers are aware. But to so you know, to me it sounds really smart. But uh he's just he is Iron Man and he, he has to get this one. He says the line. Yep. He he says the line. He says it so he gets the clean sweep. Uh no disrespect to everyone else, but he he's the clear winner, I think. So cheers to you, Tony. And now let's move on to that next one. And the winner is Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, also known as Iron Man. And now the nominees for Best Memory. So, Micah, what you got for us? Oh, no, we're starting with me? Yes. Are you sure you, sure you don't want to kick us off, Damon? Oh, you got this. Okay, well, I'm debating. I actually only have two things written down here. And um, one of them... Um, I have a, I have a feeling might come up from one of you guys and one of them I'm not so sure will come up. So I'm going to go with one that probably it's really my second pick more than my first one, but, but I'm, I don't want it to not get mentioned because it's just such a great moment. So I'm going to go with this one. Um, I'm going to go with the scene from Captain America, the first Avenger, um, which may be a surprise, which honestly is a movie I love. I feel like we've talked a lot about Iron Man, a lot about the Avengers. We've talked a lot about Captain America, the character but not a ton about that specific movie. But um, I just think they absolutely nail his transformation scene into Captain America. And it's one of my favorite moments in the entire MCU, not just in phase one, not just because it gives us the hilariously glorious visual image of Chris Evans's preposterously heaving chest as he emerges. Um, but uh, we all know, we all know the image I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's emblazoned in everyone's brain. Once you've seen he it once, you're like, what about. is happening here? <laughs> um, I, uh, anytime I, I see that, my, my wife turns to me and she's like, why don't you look like that? I'm like, listen, that guy, that guy has a personal trainer. That guy <laughs> but it's an amazing moment. Um, and it really, like, Maybe it feels surprising. I, I feel like I get like emotional watching it because um, I feel like in the first like 30 minutes or so of the movie before he transforms, you get he does such a great job of making you feel for this character and root for him. And then when you see like him actually transform and become like externally kind of like the, the hero he is inside, as, as Erskine mentioned in that when we were talking about him earlier, it's really like this powerful, beautiful moment. And the part where he's screaming, they're like, shut off the machine. He's going, no, no, I can do this. I can do this. And they're like, fuck yeah, you can do this. And then he, like, it's really, I feel like one of the most emotionally rousing moments of the entire MCU, especially of phase one. Like that maybe moves me more than any scene in the Avengers, even when they're all teaming up. And then there's some great moments right afterwards, which I would still consider part of that scene. Peggy accidentally like touching his chest and be like, oh, <laughs> is great. Uh, Erskine obviously gets shot, and that's really moving. And I love I – I don't know if this is a stretch saying it's part of that scene, but him tracking down the Hydra agent and him him running for the first time, and it's like he's so strong and so fast, but he's, like, not in control of his powers. He's, like, accidentally running <laughs> running into walls, like, jumping way too far. Um, it's, it's just, like, a really exciting moment. So um, – and when I think 
MCU phase one, honestly, the image that pops into my mind is Chris Evans' heaving chest. <laughs> so um, that's my vote. And honestly, like, who, who could vote against that? Come on. What are we doing here? <laughs> Very true. You make good points. We're going to try. Anna, what's your nom for best scene? So that was actually the scene I was going to go with. But I'm going to go with another Captain America scene. I'm actually going to go with the one at the end of the movie when Cap wakes up in the hospital bed in S.H.I.E.L.D. and then he realizes that he's in 2011, which I I have a I need to dunk this real quick. Uh, I think in what? It was like 43, something like that. If I'm remembering. And why would you pick a baseball game from 1940? Why would you not pick from the second half of that decade that he clearly hadn't seen. Anyway, besides the point. Um, but he wakes up, you know, Cap's really sharp. He figures out the game. He's looking at that woman. He's like, something's off here. Um, and then he fights his way out of shield. And then you see him running into Times Square. And then it pans around him. You see billboards and you just see the desperation on his face. And then Nick Fury comes out and he's like, you've been asleep, Cap. You've been asleep for almost 70 years. And then you look, and then Cap goes, yeah. <laughs> you just sit there and you're like, oh my God, this is awful. And I don't cry in movies at all, but that is the one scene that I every single time. <laughs> you just feel like, how would you even feel like that? Waking up, like essentially... either geriatric in a nursing home or dead, right? You don't know any of the technology. You don't know any of the pop culture. It, it's just, he probably felt so lost, right? Um, and I think Chris Evans really seen the close-up on his face at the end with I Had a Date. So I didn't have either of those scenes, so that's good to know. Um, I have... I'll just say the others that I won't pick. I mean, I have the the truth is I I am Iron Man scene, you know, just that whole that whole press conference is it's great. It sets the tone for the rest of the movies. Like Micah said earlier, it really beforehand it was all about secret identities. Like, you know, even in that movie, they were like kind of dancing around it, like, oh, this is your bodyguard, you know, and like just the fact that they decided to go like, hey. We're not dealing with secret identities like this is a whole different kind of ballpark, the whole different kind of game. And they went with it, which I think was the best decision that the MCU made. It worked for that. It, the change for Thor from his really weird whole like when I'm a, I'm not Thor, I'm a, this human person. But when I'm not, I'm Thor. It, it, I'm glad they kind of got rid of all of that. But it's just um, so my pick that I am going to go with though is going to be from Captain America. So it's a clean sweep for Captain America. Whoa, that is a surprise. Okay, I like it. It's it's when Cap goes down, guys. He's he's got to take the ship down. And he's he, he you know, he's he's making that date with uh, Peggy and they're both trying their best not to like completely fall apart. And He's just like he's he doesn't want to he has to land it down so he does no one gets hurt. And it's of course he would do he would sacrifice himself and he's gotta put it, it in the water. 
got to put in the water. And so Peggy's like, you know, let's go, let's go dance. And he's like, I still don't really know how. <laughs> it's like, you don't even, like, really, you got to say that now, Cap? Um, but it's just so... Also, I'm sure he's a phenomenal dancer. He's like, he's become a world-class athlete in every regard. He can't do, like, the Texas two-step? Come on, Cap, you can do it. Who should see when... I I used to dance play back in the day. I don't know if, uh, Damon, you knew that. But when you see guys from the football field go into a ballet classroom, it is night and day. They are, for the most part, very clumsy. And so I think because Cap is that inclined towards more of like the physical fighting and so much the graceful aspects of it, I think he would be one of those guys that would stomp on Peggy's. Essentially, and I think Peggy could teach him uh, like how to do a decent waltz or something. But I think out of the gate, Steve would not be a great dancer. <laughs> You know that Bucky had all these dates back in the day, and he would use Steve as his practice. Steve would have to be the, the proxy who'd stand in, so Bucky could be ready for these dates. And uh, I'm sure he right. got the He was a proxy, right? <laughs> and he, he was probably doing all the women's dance steps, so he probably knows them in reverse by accident. Yeah, you're right. He's a mess on the dance floor. I can't believe that we went with – here I was where I was sure – the pick I was going to go with, the reason I didn't go with it is I, I think the best scene – is the Battle of New York in the Avengers. But we already talked so much about it, I thought that either, A, you guys were going to discuss it, um, or even if not, I wanted to spread the love around a bit and go in another, another direction. But obviously that scene's incredible. Just the action is great. Um, it still really holds up well. Some of the older fight scenes, like the last fight scene in Thor, between Thor and the Destroyer, that is a real drag, in my opinion. It really does not land either like in any way i'm just like this looks not so great um but the avengers fight scene which is just a year later is fantastic and it's all those moments we talked about and it's both like emotionally rich and the action looks great it has an amazing tracking shot so that might be really in my mind one of the like arguably the top scene of of phase one kind of the culmination of phase one but i'm glad that we got some cap love in here for this for this best scene I, I do too. I'm curious which of these three will emerge the winner. Well, we're about to find out because we're about to vote. And I'm just going to go ahead and throw my vote in for my own just because it is it. I mean, we've talked about the MCU doesn't do romance much at all, but this is the best romance. I think in the whole series, it it's so poignant. It their chemistry is fantastic throughout the whole movie. And it's just like the fact that that whole, the dance is one of the most important things throughout all of the MCU. And this is where it starts is just, it's heartbreaking and amazing all, all in one. So that, that's got my vote. Um, Micah, what are you going to vote for? Oh, wow. Oh no. All right. I, I, this is going to leave uh, Anna as the tiebreaker because much like you, Damon, I also am going to go with my own nomination. And uh, I, I love both of those scenes. I, I love them. But um, one of them's got the tooch, and one of them doesn't. So, uh, <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I, just, I love the moment of him shout. To me, the essence of Captain America is him shouting in the, in the chamber that I can do it. And, and then, uh, indeed, he does. And out he comes. And uh, he, he was successful, as Peggy very quickly realized. So um, 
there I would be thrilled with either of these winning. I think I think they kind of are nice bookends of each other. It's like the start of him as Captain America, and then the temporary end of him as Captain America while he takes a quick little snooze for several decades. Um, so I'm going to nominate my own nomination or vote for my own nomination and let Anna decide the winner. And, or maybe she'll go with her, hers and then we'll have some sort of three-way time. We'll have to like throw a vibranium shield at the wall and see what sticks or something. We'll have to text Kyle real quick and be like, Oh God, it's a tiebreaker, Kyle. Come on real quick. Also real quick while you're thinking, Anna, I just have to ask like how painful do y'all think that was? Well, then, that was... That was the static of 60 years of Captain America napping and the, the te- what the radio would have sounded like when he turned it back on, rather than uh, the perfectly clear Brooklyn game coming through. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's exactly what that was. But, like, I, I wonder if, like, that was, like, akin to, like, losing, like, a limb or something, or, like, just... I want to know the scale of what he was going through in that, just to know, like... Like, yeah, he he was really, he was very, very impressive. Okay, Anna, that's enough stalling for you. Oh, gosh. What's, what's your vote? I'm going to vote for my own, even though I think it's the best. Um, I am going to go with the transformation scene. I'm going to tell you why. It's because Micah said he was chasing in that, and I think that, chase scene was honestly one of the best on foot chase scenes we've seen in a while in an action and you know from the beginning you have steve from this tiny little puny human and he's going in the chamber and he's going through so much pain and then out of it and then you know peggy kind of touches his oiled up tries to touch his oiled up chest and then goes down and then without even thinking about it steve looks at him and then his face and then he goes after the guy right and then him transforming into captain america but it's not just in body it's in spirit too he didn't really think about it he just for it and he went to seek justice but it was a really tough choice because (laughs) that scene with peggy at the end i'd cry for like 20 minutes after (laughs) it's awful it's great it's it's awfully great um, all right. So Steve is going to get the win no matter what. Uh-huh. But the transformation into Captain America gets that W. I'm, I mean, I'm, reali- I'm realizing we made a mistake in the previous uh, the previous category with valedictorian. Obviously, the real valedictorian is the cinematographer of Captain America who decided to film, his, film him from like that bottom up angle where he looks like this like incredible god. <laughs> you guys know the, the shot I'm talking about. And it's like, what is... What was this decision? The director was probably like, oh, yeah. We, we really nailed that shot. Or you know what? Maybe the valedictorian is his dietitian and personal trainer. And was like, man, we really did get you into shape, Chris. Because uh, he was a pretty scrawny guy beforehand. Now he's quite large. He wasn't, he wasn't like, skinny, but he definitely wasn't, like, the most fit person in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what the MCU does. I, <laughs> I want to join the MCU just so they can get me in shape, you know? Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, then. That means we have one more, guys. Let's do this. And the winner is Steve Rogers becomes Captain America. And finally, your nominees for Game of the Year. This is it. The last one. Game of the Year 
otherwise known for this one as the best movie of the MCU phase one. We have six movies, only three noms. Which three is going to get cut? Micah, we're starting with you. I know it's your favorite. Okay. Um, wow. Well, I only ha- I'm glad I'm not going third. Although, no, I would have been happy to go third. I, I really only have two movies listed as potential nominees here. Um, I'm going to, I think that's probably not a huge surprise. Um, but I'm going to go uh, as my nominee with Iron Man. Iron Man 1, to be clear, not Iron Man 2. Although I do love, I feel like we haven't had enough uh, talk of Ivan Zenko and his bird on this pod. Well, bored. <laughs> bored. Um, but we've talked a lot about Iron Man 1, and for good reason, um, because it is its success is essential to the MCU taking off. And it really is a great movie in its own right. Um, like, it's honestly probably, I would say, pretty comfortably a top 10 MCU movie for me. Um, and really one of my favorite superhero movies ever. Um, it's just a great standalone film, even if nothing came after it. But because of its success, it laid the groundwork for the MCU to come. And um, I just love everything about it. It's not really a super action-heavy movie. Like, um, it's mostly like a character study of Iron Man and him coming to grips with who he is as Iron Man. And, like, you know, if you were to ask someone, like, what what happened in the climax, the fighting climax of Iron Man? They might forget even, like, the fight between him and Obadiah, besides him shouting, Tony! We had to bring back Stain one more time. Um, but it's just a great movie and it's the perfect start for the MCU. And for all those reasons, that is my vote for game of the year. It's kicking off the MCU in style and still great 14 years later, still super influential. Love it. Anna, what's your nominee? So I'm actually going to go with Captain America, the first Avenger. I think in terms of a standalone movie, even if you didn't know anything else about the MCU, it really stood apart on its own. You really understood the nuances. Even if you didn't know um, Howard Stark was Tony's father, right? Um, You still understand, okay, he's like a tech guy. He has this really big expo. Um, You know, like there's a love interest. There's a lot of action scenes. There's a guy who's trying to join the war to fight and like be with his best friend. There's a lot of things in there that you people as humans can actually relate to, regardless of whatever you want in a movie. There's something in it for everyone. Um, it's beautifully shot, has a great score. Eh, I mean, Red Skull is a villain is subpar. I don't think he's the best villain in phase one, but he's definitely top three. Um, and then you have Tommy Lee. <laughs> yeah, we uh, haven't talked about Tommy Lee Jones in this movie. <laughs> he's terrific. Yeah. He's eating a steak. <laughs> he is cash. He and Anthony Hopkins got some drinks and we're like, hell yeah. Anthony Hopkins woke up from the olden sleep and was like, where am I? <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is definitely getting that check. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised he wasn't drafted for Wallflower. He was pretty great in Captain America. But uh, yeah, I just think overall it, it has some great one-liners. It's got the romance. It's got the action scenes. It's got the historical fiction aspect of it, I think. And it aged super well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's what I got to go with. Yes, Captain America aged really well. It was almost <laughs> like he was on ice for 70 years. He was like a fine wine. Damon, <laughs> I like how 
right now you have four options. I don't want to. I don't want to give away your nominee, but your four options are The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two, Thor, and The Avengers. I'm very curious how this one's going to play out. You shouldn't be curious at all. It's The Avengers. Um... <laughs> Wait, you're not drafting The Incredible Hulk? No. <laughs> I that is firmly on my, last on my list so far. Will it stay there throughout all the phases? Very possible. Um, the Avengers, I love the Avengers, okay? it It's a feat for one that a lot of people didn't think was possible. Like, there's like, there's no way all those characters, they're not going to have enough screen time. It's just not going to work. It's going to bomb. And like, it didn't. And not only did it not bomb, but it like created this massive just phenomenon, okay? Um, directed by a very shitty person unfortunately uh that we won't give the time of day to talk about but everything about this movie there's a lot of great one-liners very very funny movie i think it's probably the funniest of phase one and i mean you could make a case that it, it stays in probably the top five funniest of the mcu um yeah, man, it's Galaga. you probably wouldn't notice but we did <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole fight between like when tony and and uh, Steve are just jabbing at each other. He's like, what are you, you know, take, oh, you're a man in a suit. Take that away. What are you? Oh, you know, just playful, playboy philanthropist. Like this? Oh, it's so good. And then Thor's just like, you tiny human squat. Like, <laughs> just so just like, tiny. <laughs> so tiny. And they're just fighting like little kids. Um, And then the fight scenes, like every single one of them. It's so good. I mean, we didn't even talk about it earlier, but when when Hulk like hulks out and him and Thor go at it. I love Thor throwing Mjolnir and Hulk catching it and then his confusion and anger as he's trying to rip it off the ground. I was just about to mention that. There are so many we focus so much on the the Thor Hulk Captain America trio fight and the fight at the end, but it really is super well paced of like every 20 minutes or so they find a way to 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 get different combinations fighting with each other. Also, Loki uh, calls Black Widow a mewling quim. So, yes. I mean, come on. You mewling quim! <laughs> well, I was going to say, that scene is honestly one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Because, like, Loki's just just chewing the scenery. And, you, you know, it's like he's... you. Natasha turns around, it's doing some great fake crying, and then it's like, all of a sudden, he's like, you brought the monster. She's like, oh... So it's Banner. He's like, what? And like, we get the great callback to the fact is she's interrogating people at all times. You might not know it, but you are being interrogated by Natasha. I just thought that was so clever and cool. And just shows us really what Natasha can bring to the table and why she's there. Um, so much about this movie. I don't want to recap the entire thing. We we all know it's so good. Anna, did you want to mention I just something? Have, yeah, I just have one thing to mention. Um, Hulk punching Thor. Hilarious. One of my best, like, oh, at least yes. top ten moments of, in the MCU, just because it's so funny. Hulk and, it. I mean, Friendly Fire isn't normally very funny, but in that in instance, it is. <laughs> the Hulk is on his A-game in the Avengers, okay? He's just some great lines, you know, like, I'm always angry, the punch to Cap, puny god... And then, like, he saves Tony's life. Like, he just jumps out of nowhere, scales a building, 
puts him down and they're trying to wake him up and he goes just just screams and just wakes him up from from fear i just i love that um i love this movie i really do i i think it's a very i think it's a definitely a top 10 mcu movie i'll say personally at least for me um we'll see where our rankings lay at the end of all this but that's my nom so iron man captain america the first avenger in the avengers we're leaving out iron man 2 thor and the incredible hulk can't believe Uh, it they all have their own their own good stuff but these are the top three what's going to come out with that w though micah what's your another another amazing aspect of the avengers that we haven't even mentioned yet is the score it's got that great bum, 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 bum. It's so good. Um, all right. So these are an unsurprising top three and a very worthy top three, but only one can hoist the Mjolnir. Um, I love, love, love Iron Man, as I've said, and I think it's so essential. But I really have to toss my vote to the Avengers for everything we talked about because that is really where the true potential of what the MCU could be was fully unlocked, right? All those individual movies had teases to this and the pressure for the Avengers to succeed was so massive, right? And it could fail in so many ways. Think of how many movies we've... Take even something like Spider-Man 3. Not exactly a huge team-up movie, right? But had the build-up of the two previous movies, both of which were super successful, and everyone was like, oh, this movie's overstuffed. There's too many villains. There's too many plots going on. By the way, I'm a, I'm a fan of Spider-Man 3. Even with the emo dance number, I like it all. Um, but it's very hard. You think like, oh, you know, you just toss all these comic book characters together and it's going to be great. People want to see Iron Man fighting Thor. But it's actually really hard to balance that properly and have it not just turn into the, the Iron Man movie with a bunch of other characters just around him. The character dynamics are great. We get to see them fighting each other teaming up together um and that's where it's like oh anything is possible with the mcu um they could keep bringing in new characters and find ways of expanding this universe so it was really the payoff of the promise that iron man started so while iron man i don't think the mcu was possible really without iron man and it set the tone properly the avengers is my pick for game of the year because of the way that it delivered on that in all those different ways the dialogue the the fighting And really what makes the MCU successful in my book is not the fights, it's the characters. And the Avengers nails the characters and the character dynamics. Um, And that's why people love the movies. It's really, I mean, the fights are really fun, but it's to see Cap and Tony bickering with each other and the way Thor fits in there and and how all the other characters fit together. And the Avengers really does a pretty masterful job of balancing all that. Plus it gives us that awesome tracking shot that I love. So that's my pick, the Avengers. Okay, Anna. What's got your vote? Well, it's the Avengers, right? Everyone loves a good crossover episode. Even if you say you don't, you do, right? <laughs> I, that's really what phase one was really amping up towards. You had all these singular stories, and then they sort of crossed over with Nick Fury doing some cameos here and there, and then you had Natasha showing up in Iron Man 2, and then it all comes up to a climax in Avengers, right? I'm not going to reiterate what Micah said because he said it more eloquently than I did but it's the clear winner yeah I I mean I I definitely am tempted to vote for Captain America I think it's my personal favorite I just I love Captain America I love his journey 
it's such a I love you know flashback movies like that in a certain time period him and Peggy are so great Howard Stark we didn't really talk about Howard Dominic Cooper as Howard is really fun uh John Slattery Howard Stark guy no he's all right I, I definitely love me some I love the younger Howard Stark he he's really fun and Agent Carter that should have got more seasons shouldn't have got canceled by the way um and yeah it's just getting to see the the beginning of cap and then really seeing him grow over all the all the other movies it's such a fun journey and the beginning is it's just it's really good it's a really good underrated movie and i think i enjoy it more every time i watch it i'll say and uh so but as far as this goes, I think the Avengers deserves a clean sweep. Um, I think it's probably a better movie overall, all around. It has a lot more to do, and it does it well. Everything that we said about it has been said. It's it's just a fun, exciting, groundbreaking movie that, if without it, we wouldn't have phases. This would have just been the Avengers and if it had flopped like who knows if we had gotten anything else but it, it worked in so much more and I, I love this movie very very rewatchable and it it needs that W it deserves that W and I'm, I'm happy that it did and the winner is the Avengers and with that we wrap up this piece good job guys thank y'all for joining me um the phase one of MCU is just, it, it's fun to look back uh, at these movies. They're, they're great. And uh, let's just uh, real quick go rapid fire through our rankings of the six movies. I got Captain America, Avengers, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, and Incredible Hulk. Micah? Um, I think I would go Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man 2, Eddie Norton. And then uh, the Hulk. Okay. So my rankings would be Captain America, Thor, Avengers, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and then Incredible Hulk. All right. Good rankings. Good rankings, guys. Um, and that, yeah, that's that. I mean, it's just a really fun phase, and I, I enjoy talking about it with y'all. I, I love the Captain America love. Poor Incredible Hulk, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to stay pretty low on my on my board. Anna? You know what we need, though? We need a Mark Ruffalo Hulk movie. You know, we're getting a TV series where, while he's not the main character, I think he's going to be uh, sh- featured pretty prominently. Hopefully. So maybe that'll and of course he was very important in Ragnarok, I will say. But a Mark Ruffalo Hulk movie would be great. I agree. Yeah. I wonder I mean there's a lot of things with the Incredible Hulk. Like I said, I think I like it more than most people, but it still just is a weak link um among the movies. I wonder and I like Edward Norton as an actor. I know he's kind of like a apparently a very tough guy to work with and stuff, but just like, I mean, he's a, he's a great actor in general. I think he's fine in the movie. I wonder how the perception would be different if a 
Edward Norton had continued to be the Hulk throughout the rest of the movies, or if B, Mark Ruffalo was just the Hulk in that movie. I feel like there's something also just really jarring about the continuity. The MCU has done this amazing job with continuity, and then just one of their major heroes is just a different dude in in the movie. Um, but like, if it was just like a standalone movie, not in the MCU, I think it would be a fine um, superhero movie. But yeah, it doesn't really hold up to the rest of them. Something also that strikes me in, in watching um, the Phase One movies is all the actors—they all look like babies. Like like Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth in Thor look like actual like they look like small babies <laughs> because I mean you get used to seeing them in their iterations now because that's kind of what you're looking at more and then you see them and you're like oh this guy's like I don't know like 24 or however old they were when they're when they're cast in the movie um, and it's just funny because they're older than I am now but they're younger than because they're the actors are older than I am but they were younger than I am now when they were in those movies and it's just even Robert Downey Jr., who wasn't that young when Iron Man came out, he'd already been an actor for like 20 years. Um, it's still just like, oh, whoa, he he looks very different than uh, when you go back and and relook at those at those movies. It always just kind of strikes me. Fun fact about Chris Evans, also, uh, he is exactly to the day 10 years older than I am. I'm born June 13th, 1991. He's born June 13th, 1981. So Chris Evans and I, just think of it this way. If Captain America had come out in 2021 instead of 2011, they might have called me. I might have been, instead of being on this pod with you guys, you, it would have been you guys and Kyle, and you guys would have been like, man, that guy really bulked up for that, <laughs> that movie. Wasn't that incredible, that transformation scene in the chamber? What if? What if, Micah? That's the what if that, that we can all dream about. I, I think that that is what we should leave the people on with that one. That is a great what if. And this is a great episode. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Micah. We have much more plans in store for you. Uh, you're joining us on the 100th episode for some fun trivia. Very excited. Is this like Micah Margulies will return in the 100th episode? Like they get the little teaser, Thor will return to the Avengers, Micah will return in the 100th episode? Yeah, we should we should do a post-credits uh, stinger after the end of the episode. Yeah, for anyone listening, not to give away too much, although you feel free to give away whatever you want, as this is your show. Um, we're going to be doing some trivia, so um, for those of you out there who know that I like trivia, maybe start boning up on it so that you can you can play against Damon and Kyle and all uh, all the rest. Yes, yes, and Anna and H for the amazing host duties today. Thank you. I, it was almost like Kyle wasn't even here. Oh wait, he wasn't. But. Uh, Anna, thank you so much. you have anything for the people at home? No, just thanks for listening and tune in next week. Yes, yes. And uh, so next week, we are having a big old three-parter. We're doing three nights because we are doing our Dream Music Festival lineup draft. We're putting up, we got, I think, six, seven people. And we're all going to put up together our ultimate lineup for a music festival. It's going to be utter chaos. I can't wait for that. And uh, yeah. We'll see y'all then, guys. This is what we do. Bye-bye.